Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I will be playing, uh, we'll be delving into the mysteries of Brentlewood Bay RPG. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The scenario is The Great Brendlewood Bake Off. Uh, it was written by Jason Cordova, and it's available from Drive-Thru RPG. Our game master is Julian Arbaugh, and this is a long one-shot. So without any further delay, let's begin our journey into the darkness. Julian. Okay. Thank you, Tom. Um, so to begin with, uh, I thought it might be good to kind of do uh, just a general overview of the rules, uh, how to play, and that kind of thing. Um, so on your looking at your character sheet, um, you've got um, your style, which kind of just uh, gives an idea about your maven's basic outlook on life, um, but you don't have to dress in that kind of fashion. Um, a cozy activity um, is just something like your favorite pastime or hobby, something that you like to do in retirement. Um, the different abilities that you have, uh, vitality, composure, reason, presence, and sensitivity. Um, whenever you're trying to do something in the game, you'll, you'll ro roll with the appropriate ability um, therein. Now, on your character sheet, you also have a maven's move, and you've all selected one of those. And this is a special move specific to your character. And there's a whole laundry list of, of things that you can choose from. And so you all have some really interesting ones uh, that uh, hopefully everybody gets to use theirs during the, the game. Um, and uh, now the other kind of interesting thing is the crown of the queen. Now the crown of the queen is kind of like um, something that you can Sorry. Um, so whenever, whenever you kind of roll and you try to do something, but maybe you miss, um, I will kind of narrate what happens. And by putting on the crown of the queen, it gives you the ability to uh, change the outcome of what happened. Um, and the whole purpose of that is really just to kind of make the game a little bit more fun and to give you all more uh, influence on the game itself, actually. Um, the basic moves that you're kind of going to do throughout a game, um, the meddling move is the, the, the mostly of what you're going to do. So when you're searching for a clue, trying to do research or otherwise gathering information, um, you'll roll your dice plus whatever your appropriate ability is. Um, the day moves and night moves um, are more uh, when you're trying to do something risky or face something you fear. Um, that's kind of what those those roles, those moves are intended to do. Um, and uh, the other move that is mostly going to be uh, employed in this game is the last thing that you're going to do, which is the theorize move. Um, so as you go throughout the game, you're gonna collect clues as you talk to people and find things. Um, the, uh, and what you're gonna to wanna to do is to, at the end of the game, try to use the clues to create a theory of who you think has perpetrated this crime. Um, the 
number of clues that you need to use for this particular mystery are seven. Um, and so you would, uh, if you use seven clues, you would roll 2d6 plus seven to determine the, the level of success for your, your, to see how accurate your theory is. Um, and so that's kind of just a very quick overview of the kind of moves and, and uh, what you're gonna be doing for this particular scenario. Um, if we were playing a longer scenario uh, season where we would have multiple sessions, then more things would come into play, but that kind of comprises what a one shot would, uh, would use. Um, does anybody have any questions about the particular moves or your characters in question? On rolling die, uh, it says if I, on a hit, you find a clue, the keeper will tell you what it is. On a seven or nine, there's a complication. So what is a hit? Does that change depending, like as a DC that scales? Um, it, it really isn't. It's based all on your, your roll. Um, so 2d6 plus whatever your modifier is, you, you roll your dice, add your modifier, and that's where the, the chart comes into play. Um, I think by hit, they just mean success. Yeah. Right. I was just wondering if that it's was a fixed always, value. It's always a 10 plus. Yeah. It's always, always a 10 plus. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was asking. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, didn't understand your question. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's not going to be like an instance where you would need to roll at a, at a higher scale or anything like that. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so if nobody else has any questions, we will just jump right in to the Great Brindlewood Bay Bake Off. It's a beautiful day in Brindlewood Bay. The murder mavens are on the case. Solving mysteries or serving up cake. It's a beautiful day in Brindlewood Bay. It's a beautiful day, it's a cozy place With all the bodies to investigate Searching for clues and mysterious things Catching the murderer and saving the day And in the dark, the midwives Weaving their conspiracies studio audience. <laughs> <laughs> so the most popular television show in the world has come to Brindlewood Bay. Um, and it's going to try to find the town's best baker. Now, there's been a number of qualifying rounds that have happened off camera. 
And um, you all have qualified for the televised uh, portion of the uh, Bake Off. Um, and so the, the scene opens up from an aerial shot uh, of all these white tents that are on the property of uh, Sir Aston Courtney um, and his estate just outside Brindlewood Bay. And the camera will then focus down in on one tent where you all have gathered in sort of like a green room kind of tent. Um, so you all are there as well as um, the two other contestants, um, Melanie and Scott. Um, you also see in this tent are the two primary presenters, uh, Sue and Noel are here as well. Um, then you've got uh, producer Heath and a cameraman Buck who are also in this space and they're setting up to uh, do some interviews with all of the contestants um, as part of the production of this television show. Um, and there's nice lovely canapes and, and drinks and everything is, is there. Um, and the two people that you don't see in the, the green room are the, uh, the judges, which is uh, Paul Riviera and Mary Cherry. Um, th those two are, are not in the tent at this moment. Um, but uh, we'll begin with uh, the producer. He's uh, Heath. He stands up and he's like, okay, uh, we're ready to do some interviews uh, with the contestants. We want to do sort of an introduction for the show. Who's who wants to go first? I didn't mind, dear. Excellent. So if you come right over here and sit down on this chair for me, ma'am. Okay. But just kind of kind of look that direction mm -hmm. and um now uh so if you would um you know introduce yourself to the world um i'm mrs doris lloyd uh my husband uh Mar my late husband martin was a, a prominent doctor here up on the coast um i've been a florist all my life although i'm retired now and so i can devote my attentions to various other pursuits including trying to master the very challenging art of baking i've been in brindlewood bay for 12 years um i'm one of the mystery mavens uh, another hobby of mine some of the other ladies as well and um well i we'll see i i think i've I think I've invented something in the way of frosting that the judges will find irresistible. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, so what what did you bake that qualified you for Bake Off? It's an orange uh, poppy chiffon cake. Um, and uh, the the uh, what I the thing I think that sets it apart that makes it somewhat exceptional is that I uh, derived essences both of the lemon and the poppy separately so that I could add in a, a stronger aroma without weighing it down with the, the bitterness or sourness of the poppy and lemon. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for, for that. Thank um, you, Heath. Yeah. Um, now, um, uh, okay, uh, who, who would like to go next? I'll go next. Fantastic. Thank you. Hyacinth Hughes. I, um, I've been in Brindlewood Bay a while now. My husband, my late husband, Walter, 
uh, passed away about seven years ago. Um, my hobby really is uh, gardening, but uh, I've always enjoyed cooking in the kitchen. Uh, I'm going to be presenting a caramel chocolate cheesecake um, with a number of secret ingredients that, unlike uh, Mrs. Lloyd, I'm not going to reveal to you. Um, I'm also one of the uh, mavens, as uh, as she said. Um, and that's pretty much all I have to say. Excellent. Um, so uh, just another question for you. Um, which, which judge intimidates you more? Oh, I don't think I'm intimidated by any of them. Fantastic. They're, well, just, look people, they're just people like you and me. That's fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Mrs. Hughes. Of course. All right. Um, who would who would like to go next? I'll I'll give it a shot. All right. Thank you, Mrs. Merriweather. Mayweather. Sorry. Ah, it's quite all right. I, it gets confused more often than you might think. Well, my name is Violet May Mayweather. Uh, I. I used to be a nurse back before, well, back before I got too old to go walking around hospitals every night. Uh, now I just sit at home. I, I love collecting buttons and going, uh, going a little bit and doing a little antique hunting every now and again. Uh, I managed to wow the judges with a devil's food cake. Well, with a few extra things thrown in for good measure. And like Hyacinth, I won't be mentioning what those were. At least on camera. I'm, I'm also one of the mystery mavens myself, and that's basically all there is to me. Fantastic. So, um, what what is why is it important that you win this competition? I just think it would be fun to finally have a trophy. Brilliant, brilliant. Thank you very much, Miss Mayweather. Thank you. All right, who's next? Oh, uh, uh, I suppose I can go. That's fine. Excellent. Please have a seat. Sure. Pulls out of a mug. Oh. So, uh, my name is Zelda Jones. Uh, I've been living in Brindlewood Bay for, ooh, uh, going on 20 years now. Um, my husband, Ralph, passed away recently, but uh, we had one of the first uh, clothes, seamstress, and delivery services. He was the local postmaster. I was a local seamstress. And uh, so take that, Amazon took my idea. Uh, and then, yes, I I'm also a member of the Mystery Mavens. And frankly, I I'm just here to have fun because I never would have heard the end of it if I did not join. Excellent. Um, what did you bake? that qualified you for this competition? Oh, oh yes. Well, see, I am a, I'm a great fan of tea. So uh, what I did was lay down a very thin ginger uh, breading and then molded it over a teacup, then cooked it with a little brulee torch, flipped that over and then put in uh, my homemade Earl Grey tea cake inside of that to have a little cake and edible teacup. Okay. Excellent, thank you very much. Duh. Keith will say, Rosemary, it seems that you're, are you ready to? Oh, I am, I am always ready. So it's so delightful to have so many wonderful guests. You're, you give off such a wonderful energy. I, I, I bet you're an air sign, aren't you? 
Uh, uh, sure. Of course, I knew it. I knew it. Yes, I, uh, you know, I like to think that, uh, in a way, my heart has always been here in Brindlewood Bay, but uh, life is a journey, so I don't focus too much on on time and and these things of how long I've I've been here. I I spend most of my life being some what you might call a, a spiritual guide, helping people get more in touch with their with their spirituality and with their nature. And uh, my two children, Sandalwood and Nightingale, why they are just they mean so much to me. Excellent. Um, so who here amongst the competitors do you think is your biggest competition? Oh, well, I think the biggest competition we all have is against the, uh, the negative energies that we generate. So. Excellent. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Of course, of course. Yeah. Um, at this point, Heath will call over um, Melanie, who is one of the other contestants, and she sits down and says, um, you know, guess my, my name is, is Heather, or not Heather, uh, Melanie Blair, um, and, uh, 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 you know, I'm, uh, I baked a four-layer wedding cake to qualify. Um, I'm really looking forward to being in this competition. Um, you know, I've, I've spent most of my life working at the uh, Buttery Buns Bakery that my parents owned. And so I'm very excited to be here. Um, and she seems really kind of frazzled uh, and gets up really quickly because she seems to be very nervous as well. Um, the last contestant to sit down, um, he introduces his name as uh, Scott Lamb. Um, and uh, he uh, sits down and says, um, oh yes, um, I'm very excited to be here um, on Bake Off this time. Um, you know, it's, uh, uh, I baked a, uh, lemon scones to qualify. They were very nice, uh, perfectly made lemon scones, uh, actually. Um, and, uh, the producer will say, uh, do you have any baking tips to, to give the, the audience? And, uh, Scott will say, um, yes, it's, it's very important that when you bake a pie crust that, uh, you blind bake it first. Um, and believe you me, uh, Paul likes uh, his bottoms to be uh, neat and firm. And then uh, he'll get up and walk away. Now, as Scott is doing his interview, you kind of notice that Mel or you, you notice that Sue and Noel are kind of uh, kind of having a conversation that, having a little bit of a laugh at, at Scott. Mm -hmm. it's like he's more concerned about which tops that he gets. Yeah. And, um, but at this point, um, uh, the producer will say, okay, it, uh, we've gotten all the, uh, the introduction shots that we need. Um, if you all are ready, we'll head on over into the, the main tent and uh, do the first round. Perfect. Um, and so everyone walks over <laughs> into the, uh, the main tent and gets you all positioned in your, your spots. Um, Sue and uh, Noel are there, as well as this time you actually see 
the main judges, uh, Paul Riviera and Mary Cherry do show, show up at this point. Um, and Sue begins by introducing uh, the scene and she says, um, greetings bakers, welcome to Bake Off. Uh, on our first round, um, it is gonna be all about pie. And so uh, you are going to need to bake the absolute best pie you can. Um, and Paul will give you uh, some tips and he'll say, you know, now make sure that, um, you know, your bottoms are baked well and that you do a really good job with your pie. And Mary will basically just sort of offer you really just general words of encouragement uh, along on your pathway. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll start um, with, with Doris. And so what kind of pie would you like to make for your competition? Well, I want an edge on the others. I think I can use my lemon essence with a blueberry pie and the tartness will set off the sweetness of the berries. Um, and I, I'm going to really indulge on the, on the butter for the crust, some real, rich Irish cream butter. Um, yes, blueberry lemon. Okay, okay. Um, Zelda, um, how well do you think Doris was able to execute her pie? Knowing Doris has been sampling and keeping tabs on her essences, her tongue is really well acclimated to them. So I want, I hope that she doesn't accidentally put just too much lemon in it that would put it over the edge um, for someone who hasn't been eating it quite often. Okay. Okay. Um, Violet, what pie are you making? Hmm. I think that I Violet probably is not the best baker around. It's not her main hobby or skill. So she'll keep it simple with an apple cinnamon pie. Apple cinnamon pie. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Rosemary, um, how well did Violet execute her <laughs> apple cinnamon pie? Oh, well, you know, you know, with Violet, she's just, she brings a lot of love and uh, positivity to everything that she does, um, but uh, sometimes that's simply not enough in life. All right. Um, Hyacinth, what, what kind of pie have you made for? I'm working on a, a special uh, uh, key lime pie. Um, there's uh, secret ingredients in the crust that give it a nice crispness and um, a nice uh, bite to the uh, to the limes. I've of course using proper Mexican uh, limes and not uh, not some other version, uh, the little ones. It should be quite tasty and tangy. Doris, how well did Hyacinth execute her pie? Well, I would say it was tangy. Um, I, and also, uh, honestly, her crust is as flaky as rosemary, so you <laughs> can't fault her there. But I think that there might be a little more bite 
Hyacinth is prone to a little more bite than necessary, I find. <laughs> okay. Um, Rosemary, how, how well did you execute, or how, what, what kind of pie did you make? Oh, well, you see, I really love rhubarb pie. And the thing that's most wonderful, I think, about my baking is that it's always vegan. And people can never tell. Um, Hyacinth, how well did Rosemary execute her pie? People can tell. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Getting by without using uh, animal products is pretty difficult. But you know, there's always some other things that you can use that sort of simulate uh, oil and uh, eggs and milk and yes i'm sure i'm sure there are people who are accustomed to such things and i suppose she did a pretty good job for a new age it, it's food for a new age that's a good thing to say okay um zelda what kind of pie did you make for this competition. Well, since it's getting to be the first day of fall, I have to go with a pumpkin pie, but I'm going to simmer the pumpkin within a chai tea base to really infuse it with all of those flavors and then put on a homemade cream with cinnamon sprinkle on top. Kind of getting the best of two worlds. Okay. Okay. Um, since we kind of got an odd number of players, I'll go back to Violet and say, Violet, how well did she execute her pie? Well, infusing pumpkin with tea, maybe not that bad of an idea. Uh, let's just hope it doesn't get too hot and, well, boil over or anything like that. Uh, but other than that, I think she did relatively all right. Okay. Okay. So um, Noel will, will put out like the, uh, the five minute to go mark and you all finish up rushing around. Um, and you take your pies up to the, the main table there and, um, you see that Melanie has made this beautiful, uh, fruit pie. At least the crust of it is perfectly golden. Um, Scott, however, has copied Hyacinth and has also made a key lime pie as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm afraid Scott's out then because he's not going to be able to match my tang. Yeah. Um, and so the, the, the judges, uh, um, Paul and Mary, will, um, they will take uh, slices of everybody's pie. And of course, we have um, the results of your, your uh, efforts so far. Um, you do see that um, despite uh, how perfect Melanie's pie looks, unfortunately, the, the fruit didn't quite set and um, so it's quite watery, unfortunately. Um, Scott's pie um, looks well, but it also is a little bit um, not to the judge's liking. Uh, in fact, Paul is quite, um, quite critical of Scott's uh, key lime pie. Actually, he describes it as not being very good and, and sad. And uh, in fact, Paul is pretty much kind of a negative nanny uh, all the time anyway. So um, Mary tends to be a little bit more, oh, well, you know, you did try. Um, 
it just looks a bit informal is kind of the way that she presents it. Um, so of all of those, um, I think they're going to choose Zelda as, as the winter winner of this particular competition. And, um, you know, Zelda is, is uh, uh, complimented by Paul and you receive one of the, uh, one of the famous uh, shoulder rubs from, from Paul. And uh, Sue and, and Noel will congratulate you all. You know, thank you all very much. Uh, and then that's when you hear the producer Heath call. Okay, everybody, cut. Excellent. Thank you very much. We're going to take a short break. Uh, and, uh, and then we're going to come back here in probably about 30 minutes and uh, do the second round of baking. So take your all time. Uh, and uh, we'll see you back here in 30 minutes. And you see some of the different uh, different people kind of wander off. Paul and Mary, they go away. And Sue and Noel, they kind of hang around in the, uh, the tent, the main tent area. Um, what would you all like to do? Some well, of ladies, this. congratulations, Zelda. Yes, well done, dear. Mm. Oh, thank you. I I'm just glad it all worked. I was terribly worried that the crust would just be soaked that I didn't get it strained all in time. I think it was very clever, very well executed. Uh, I don't think that um, Scott took his loss very well, did you? Uh, Mr. Rivera was quite rude with him, I thought. It was the TV yes. thing. Yes, who does he think he is, Simon Cowell? I think he rather does, actually. Yes, his aura just screams red to me. Hmm. I never hear red myself, darling. I only see it. But I'm not as in touch with uh, my feelings as you are. God yes, knows. we could work on that, Doris, if you would like. I have so many things to work on, you know. Doris, of course, dear. It's probably a homosexual thing. Paul's uh, bitchiness or was God's disappointment? Well, or Doris's sort of refusal to change. Uh, some sort of internal competition between the two. Well, I'm maybe next round he'll get luckier. Let me guess what the next challenge would be. We've mm. done pie. Cake would be on the, would seem to be on the list, and I don't think that they're doing. Uh, are they doing any non-sweet things like? There must Red. be a savory category. Um, at that question, you, uh, uh, Sue will overhear that and she'll come over and she says, we're not supposed to tell you in advance what the categories are. But you're going to. I, I'm sensing a but. <laughs> well, you know, I am a champion of all the people that, that are on Bake Off. You know, I am here to be a supporter for you. Um, hugs. I love giving hugs. If you need a hug, I am here to, to help out. Oh, oh, always, always. Oh, and she will just. <laughs> full Darling, on. have you been vaccinated? <laughs> <laughs> Does Rosemary hang on an uncomfortably long time afterwards? Like well after the oh, hug has ended. Oh, is that that's a rhetorical question, and you know it. <laughs> you know it. That's all a right. leading question. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, Rosemary, that's enough. And Sue will will thank you uh, all, and she'll 
she'll take off uh, and and leave the tent. And uh, she at didn't this tell moment, us. <laughs> I think, do you think she whispered in your ears? Oh, you wouldn't. She whispered in your ear, Rosemary. Oh, if if she did, I would I would make sure to tell you. But no, we were just combining Muting. energies. Yes. Mm. Did you pick up anything telepathically from her? Or yes, her did her aura. aura scream the next challenge, perhaps? Did it look like cake? No, or so bread. she seems to have other worries on her mind. It's a big day for her. She seems to be rather closed, closed off at the moment. So mm. no, I didn't get anything, any impression like that this time. Well, I whatever assume, it you is. You seem to have uh, abandoned your gloves. They're all lonely here on the ground. You're baking mittens. Mm. I'm sorry. I was a bit tired. It's hard to lift up the pinky when you're wearing oven mitts, after all. Yes, but I knocked all the pipes. You know, I could probably knit you oven mitts that would have a pinky in case you were interested. Zelda, you should sell those on Etsy. You'll make a bundle. Oh, I love the idea. Oh, my sandalwood talks all the time about Etsy. Do you think they can make me a site or is is it a MySpace thing? I think you should talk to your grandson about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll call Jake for a necessarily too long. I've never figured out this texting thing. And so as you all are standing in, in the, the main tent area, um, there is a, a scream that comes out um, and a woman uh, comes running in. Um, she is a platinum blonde woman wearing leopard print outfit. And she is in an absolute panic. Um, it's been an escape from the zoo. She must have seen herself in a mirror. Um, but What's she, wrong, she comes running. My husband, my husband, Paul, he is dead. He is dead. Paul Riviera? Yes. As I found a him. Wife? This is this is his Surprise, wife, yeah. Surprises me to no end. Mm. Yes. Well, Hyacinth, it seems your theory was wrong about him and Scott. Well, you can't be always one hundred percent right. I could still be right, but um there's been a murder, darlings. Yeah, and, and as she's screaming, you know, more other people come in back into the the, the main tent. Um, Melanie and Scott are there. Uh, Heath, uh, Buck, Sue, and Noel come running in, and, and I imagine you all go and follow Donna. Yes, we want to get there yes. before the police come yes. in and destroy all the evidence. Yeah, um, and she leads you over to um, their trailer, um, which is just outside uh, the main tent area, um, and Paul is inside. Um, and he is lying on the ground, on the floor um, with flour covering his face and his hands are tied behind his back. Ghastly. Zelda does not think that is flour. Oh, dear. You should probably wait outside and don't touch anything. Are, are you sure? I mean, is he, is he really dead? Yes. If you called the police, darling. Uh, not yet. Should I? Yes, call 911. Mm. Okay, I, I will do that. And she pulls out her phone and starts to dial the number. What do you think? What do you think, ladies? Um, what are his hands tied with? Um, if you look at it, it's a, um, uh, a, a brightly colored braided rope. 
Hmm. Something crafty, like something violent with me. It, it, it does look very, very crafty. It doesn't yes. look like industrial rope, actually. It's, it's, it's more it's, prettier. Well, it certainly wasn't me. Oh, it's, it's, don't be silly about it. It, it's barely been, what, 15 minutes since he walked out of the tent? Is that right? If that... about, fi- about 15, 20 minutes, yeah. And he's lying on the floor on his side, on his face? Uh, you found him on his back, actually. And so his hands were tied behind his back. And his face is covered in a white powder. Uh, Zelda will sort of reach down and like put and lick a little bit and go, oh, it's not cocaine. It's flour. Is it uh, bread flour? Is it uh, white flour? All purpose? Uh, All wheat? Does it taste all purpose? Can I taste some baking soda in there? Yeah, it, it does taste like it does taste like all purpose. Um, you don't actually see like a, a flour bag around him. Is, is there, there flour other flour? Else? Yeah, yeah, you do find uh, some flour that is uh, spread around the, the floor. You know, so it's obvious that that it was sort of applied rather hastily. Does it look as though his face was pressed into a pie pan of flour, or it was sprinkled or rubbed on? Looks more like it was rubbed on, actually. I'm going to lean down and uh, I'm going to open his mouth and see if he's got anything in his mouth. Okay. Um, yeah. When you when you open his mouth, um, you you see some chewing gum. Okay, so it's not like packed full of flour. No. Uh-uh. He didn't choke on flour. No. Um, Is there any sign of how he was killed? Um, you can see that there's there's like a few things that are knocked over. Um, so it does look like that there was a, a bit of a struggle uh, in here, actually. And what I... is here? What where? What is the place that we're in? His trailer. Yeah, it's his it's his trailer. Um, you kind of see the influence of Donna uh, in the trailer as far as the decor is is concerned. Um, so there's some leopardy things. There. Yeah, <laughs> pillows. It's it's kind of tacky and yeah, yeah it's gaudy. Well, showy. Um, yeah. I think uh, Violet is going to check Paul's neck to look for any like marks, see if he was possibly mark. strangled. Um, yeah, you can, you can look at his neck um, and uh, go ahead and do a meddling roll for me. All right. Uh, and... Yeah, that would probably be with reason. Yeah. Got it. So I get a plus one to this. And that is an eight. Okay. So, okay. Um, so one of the things that you do find is, uh, well, what you don't find is like any kind of strangle marks. Um, but you do notice that his skin is very red. Uh, around his neck, um, and you see the evidence of hives. Ah, allergic reaction, possibly to the chai. <gasps> Don't you dare! Some people are sensitive, dear. Well, surely he would have known from the get-go. I'm not. I'm scarcely the first person to use tea, but but I'll tell you what I do wonder that uh, the, the 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 lad that copied hyacinth uh, Paul mentioned. Uh, sure, possibly. Uh, the jury's still out. Uh, but the, Paul seemed to react like he couldn't quite identify flavors in that pie. Do you think 15 minutes seems like a short time to develop hives, but 
if that was from back at the in the tent? I'll ask his wife if he had any kind of allergy, a peanut allergy. They should have disclosed that to us before. They should. Yes, well, exactly. Off, certainly. I'll go ask her. Okay. Yeah, she's outside. Um, she's concluded her call with the police, and she tells you that they're on their way. Um, and no, he did not have any particular peanut no allergy. food allergies. Yeah. Did or, he or, use any kind of drug, darling? Recreational? Um, well, no, no, not that I'm aware of. I don't, I don't think so. No marijuana or um, cocaine. No, no. Um, I mean, he's in show business. We wouldn't be surprised, I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, I honestly, Paul and I, well, we 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 were married, but we we lived a little bit separate. Uh, we had our own interests and kind of did many of our own things. So I I don't really know everything that he was into well darling we are um you just so happens that we're the murder solving mavens uh we're very good at solving these sorts of things and we're going to do our best to solve them so if we ask you any unusual questions um realize that we're we're discreet we're quite discreet we're not going to talk to anybody was your husband a homosexual um well and she kind of looks around a little bit and she says, well, there was a rumor, actually. Um, I don't know. Are you are you fans of, of Bake Off at all? I, I watch it occasionally. My real thing is gardening, but uh, okay. um, it doesn't matter, darling. I just uh, some of the some of the on the Internet um, where the nasty people live sometimes. Yes. Um, there were there there were rumors about Paul and um, Scott. Actually, uh -huh. mm -hmm. um, Scott uh, unfortunately was a, was a previous contestant on Bake Off. Uh, was he? Yes, and the, the rumors had it is that he and Scott and Paul were in a some kind of relationship. Actually. Um, so do you think that Scott would be angry enough that he would murder Paul? I, I'm not sure. I really don't know. I, I don't know the extent of their relationship. You know, I mean, if, if Paul was into that kind of stuff, I, I don't care. I, I it's really all right, don't. darling. He was in show business. They're all into that sort of stuff, I suppose. But uh, thank you. Um, it will, we're going to get to the bottom of this. You're very welcome. I'm I'm going to... I'm going to find something to drink. Okay, and you need to wait for the police to explain to them what, what happened. How did you find your husband? You just walked in on him? Yes, I just walked in on him. I, I was um, on, on another part of the set here, um, and I just came back to the, the tent, and there he was. It was terrible. Yes. It All right, Tyler, go, go get something to drink. Thank you. I, oh. I, I certainly will. I'll go back to the trailer. Well, darlings, I, it would seem that uh, we may have a very strong clue in the fact that uh, it's very likely that Mr. Rodriguez and Scott, uh, Mr. Mr. Lamb, had some sort of a relationship. Mm -hmm. And that... Uh, Past tense, it, of course. It, it could be um, it could be a jealousy, anger, sort of related sort of thing. We need to find Mr. Lamb and see what where he is right now or where he was. 
I mean, the way he spoke during his introduction, he was rather sure of himself. And then the dressing down that Paul gave him over his pie, I could see him being upset. Um, I'd like to snoop around the trailer and okay. see what there is to find. And yeah. maybe afterward, Doris, you could you could look at Paul's neck here. He seems to have some kind of rash, but I don't know from what. Do you think it could be some sort of plant that could have done this? Some Look sort for of needle box. Peeling his collar back, do the hives seem to extend or are they in a sort of narrow area? Yeah, when you kind of pull open his shirt, um, you do see that the hives kind of go down his chest. And um, there are no obvious marks of violence upon his person. He's not bleeding, he's not bruised, there's no lump. No, you don't see any any obvious signs of, of violence, cuts, bruises. Anaphylactic shock like seems like a possibility, but you say his wife says he doesn't have any allergies. No, he doesn't have any 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 allergies that she's aware of. No. no. Oh, if but only he, my Martin were alive, he would but, know um, what sort of uh, things could be injected or whatnot to imitate that sort of thing. There's if you a, want to do a, a role to to do a search around, you can do that. And I'm sorry, Rosemary, I cut you off. I was going to say, um, it seems that there's there doesn't seem to be any signs of a struggle. Do they? That's well, you true. do. You do yeah. actually see some some things that are knocked off the table, and then like a chair is turned over. It's it's uh, th there does seem to be a little bit of signs of a struggle. Uh, I should also mention that. Her, his uh, wife um, said that he doesn't have any allergies. But uh, Rosemary, would you perhaps be able to identify what this twine is made of around his wrists? I don't want to touch too much, but it, this seems something like your area of expertise. I could take a look. My search roll was uh, quite lousy. Oh, I'm afraid it was a five with my bonus. Oh, geez, geez. So I didn't find anything and left my fingerprints on every surface. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, the the uh, the the decorative material that's binding his wrist is it mm -hmm. elaborately tied? as though he were willing to be tied up? Or is it something that was done quickly, like a few ropes around and one across sort of thing? Do you think it was a sex thing? That's what I'm uh, thinking. It, it does have, it does have, um, yeah, it do, it, it, it's not a typical square knot, actually. It's, it's something that's a little bit more elaborate in its, oh. in its Tie. And the, the thing itself is some sort of a little braided, like you'd have for a keychain or a... Yeah, it seems to be sort of um, elaborately put together with um, ribbon, different colors of ribbon that over overlap, and it makes a very pretty design. I'm going to take a hat. Go on. I was just going to say, wait a second, what year is this? This is modern? Modern, yeah. Okay, I'm going to take a picture of it and see if I can find a similar braided sort of trinket online. Okay. Yeah. Um, you can do like a reason roll to do your, your internet search for that. Where, where was Scott when we heard the scream? When, 
when the scream happened, you all were alone in the main tent. Okay. So there wasn't any other contestants or producers or anything in, in, in the area. So so it was just us, Noel, and Sue. Well, Noel had scoffed off somewhere. Sue had hugged Rosemary, and then she went off somewhere. Okay. So it was, so it was just, just the five of you, us. you five in the tent when the scream happened. Yeah. Okay. I got to Noel Devin. Ooh, nice. Um, you do a successful internet search to find um, very popular sex toy manufacturer. And you find that it is a particular type of rope for bondage type activities. It's, it's on this website that's called Adam's Apple. And it's a, some sort of a Oh dear. Sex toy thing. Ooh. There's some very interesting things on this website. What on earth is that? Hyacinth, you can you can look at that later. We we do have a murder to solve. What is Shibari? Isn't that a kind of dog? Let's find out. <laughs> Want to find out what that is? All right, let's let's stay on task, ladies. Let's stay on task. Oh. Yeah. Well, maybe thirty years ago, but anyway. Sorry, I digress. Yes. Hmm. Um, Rosemary, were you doing something? I forget. Yes, I'm. I'm trying to. Based on what happened, if it was a murder, I'm trying to get in tune, perhaps, with the lingering memories and, and emotions and feelings that pass through here. Perhaps using my, my maven move to have a flashback from the killer's perspective. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and if I remember correctly, I think you're the one that, that narrates that. Yes. Uh, once per mystery, you can narrate a flashback from the perspective of the unknown killer. Nothing in the flashback is necessarily true, but when you're done, ask the other mavens to define a clue based on what you narrated. So, I'm, I'm getting something, ladies. It's, I, I can see through, through their eyes. They're, they're approaching the. The trailer with, with 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 a great purpose. I can feel, I can feel the rope, the ribbons, in one hand. I can feel the bag of flour in the other, and the door handle. It 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 feels it feels familiar. I, I open it up. I go inside, and and there there Paul is, and he turns, and he's he's surprised, but in the same way as if he was expecting me. As if he knew I was going to, I was going to come, and he, he, he smiles, and I, I approach, and I, I tie, I tie the ribbons around his hands, and then, and then, oh God, I, I reach into the flower and I, I pull something from it, and I start stroking his face, but it wasn't just the flower, and he, he stops being able to breathe, and he, he thrashes about, but. I knew this was going to happen and I 
and I stand there and I watch until it's over. Yeah. And it's gone. Mm. Something hidden in the flower. Very interesting idea. Perhaps the flower could have been drugged? Or it had something that would react with something that he had been fed, maybe. Well, we'll have, to keep, we'll have to keep an eye on Zelda since, well, she tasted the flower. Something like a two-stage poison, are you thinking, Hyacinth? Well, it suddenly dawns on me that, you know, key lime pies are, are rather complex to get them just right. But even a bad key lime pie usually tastes pretty good. I'm really surprised at, uh, at Mr. Riviera's extreme criticism of Scott's pie, unless it actually tasted wrong, which might indicate there was something in it. Hmm. What if he didn't die of any kind of rash or strangulation? What if it's like arsenic? We should, the, the good old arsenic, that would make you suffocate, wouldn't it? Your lungs would seize up. That's true, but what about the rash? Well, maybe he got some grass on him or something. And maybe that's, that might not be relevant at all. Hmm. That's true. And at, mm. at this point, um, you know, the, the producer is over there, Sue and Noel are there, and, you know, they're inquiring with you about what's going on. Uh, and they're looking at Paul, and they do seem to be rather distressed about the circumstances that have taken place. And the yeah. producer says, you know, we've, we've, we've just got to go on with the show. I know it sounds terrible, but. Well, I think that you should understand that possibly one of the people here is a murderer. I, I mean. What did you do with the leftovers from all of the food that we just presented? Uh, we usually, we usually just throw it away. I mean, it's kind of the normal, the normal procedure. Should probably be analyzed. However, Miss, um, Miss Sherry, was it? Uh, Miss Cherry. She also ate the food. How is she doing? Uh, she's she's fine, and she's she's right over there. Uh, she seems fine, hmm. as far as I know. Um, none of us are are affected. Um, you know, I I tried all of your stuff too. I thought everything was pretty good. I don't know. Hmm. Well, then maybe that rules that out. Is there a packet of chewing gum in the trailer? Yeah. Yeah, what sort is it? Um, it's it's a standard spearmint uh, chewing gum. Um, you also to... see like there's a little table there, and it's got like a, a kettle with some different types of teas and things like that on it too. You're one of the producers, aren't you, darling? Yes. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm the producer in the show. Uh, I know that um, TV and movie stars have their eccentricities as to what they like and don't like. And is there anything in particular that Mr. Riviera refused? Don't put roses in my 
place or or something like that. Well, let me tell you, Paul was extremely demanding, actually. He was known as a pompous ass around here, Uh. making all sorts of crazy demands and whatnot. Um, Yeah, he did. He had a very particular type of tea he liked. It had to be raw sugar. I mean, he was everything had to be just so i mean some of his demands were getting really outrageous actually would you possibly write down a list of his odd demands we're looking for something that he may have been allergic to his wife says he's not allergic to anything but perhaps he is and just I don't know if he has any, any allergies either. I actually, I'm not aware of anything like that. Uh, right, but it may just be something that he says never, ever, ever put, like I say, roses in my, because he doesn't want to tell you that he's allergic, but he's, uh, yeah. does, was he on any medication? Um, probably. I mean, I've worked with these kind of stars all my life, practically. They all take something. They all have. Uh-huh. We'll look in his trailer and see if we can find any uh, prescriptions. Yeah. And I think I'll check his pockets just in case he had something on him that may lead to another clue. Okay. And where, where is Mr. Lamb? Is he still here? Oh, yeah. Uh, I saw Mr. Lamb a few, uh, not too long ago. I passed him over in the, uh, the green room. Hmm. Did you notice that his hands were covered with flour by any chance? Uh, I didn't really pay pay any attention, honestly. I was I was more worried about uh, editing the footage that we just shot for the first the first round. I usually we have to continue. Um, how do we continue with the death of Mister Rivera? Is there a replacement judge? Well, no. There's there's not a replacement judge, but we can finagle it around and, and make it work actually how soon do so. we have to begin we're trying to figure this all out well i'd like to wait until the police get here before we do anything um so if you don't mind waiting about another 30 minutes i think the police should be here in, in that time if that's okay with you you folks yes do you um, have any members of the crew that are rather strong uh big muscular fellows yeah, yeah, Buck, the cameraman, he's he's a pretty pretty robust yes. guy. Um, ladies, for I a date, would... Hyacin? <laughs> yes, darling. Um, Always. I'm I'm thinking that I would like to speak to Mister Lamb, uh, but uh, I would like some physical protection there. He's maybe a murderer. I agree. Somebody that I can fit behind. <laughs> well, you could ask that buck fellow. Yes, I realized that when I said it that I'd be endangering a person's life, and I'm not sure that I really want to do that. But maybe we'll wait. You're thinking of other people, Hyacinth. That is a uh, well. That is a that is a pleasant surprise. Uh, Heath, where where do you keep the baking materials when they're not um, being used in the show? Uh, well, you know, the, the main tent is practically a commercial kitchen uh, in all respects. 
Um, so typically what we'll do is, you know, we know in advance what the round is going to be. And so we typically will stock it with all the necessary items that you might need for that particular round. Um, but we have a, a small trailer where you might say is a pantry. Yeah. Where we keep, keep all this, the, the, the bigger bulk supplies. Yeah. So I suspect if you're measuring everything out to get ready for each, each of the, each of the contests, uh, you must keep a pretty close eye on volumes of everything, right? Would you be able to notice maybe if some flour or other substance was missing? Um, I mean, as far as like inventory is concerned, you know, we really kind of just do it by the bag. Um, you know, we don't really get down to the, the, the minor deep, you know, we don't apportion it out and keep detailed track of that. No, it, it doesn't take a teaspoon of flour to cover men's face after all. Yeah. So it'd be a rather meticulous organization that would recognize such a minute quantity. It's just kind of weird that somebody would, why would somebody cover his face in flour? It's weird. It's, a, it's in a sense, it makes him look a little bit like a clown. Perhaps somebody was mocking him posthumously. Well, they hit him with something, that had flour in it. Was there flour everywhere in the room? Not necessarily. It didn't look like it was a... Like he was hit with a big handful of it. I feel, I feel, I feel Hyacinth that it was a, uh, the flower was, was applied in what uh, Paul believed was a moment of intense erotic intimacy, let's say, but it was a, turned out to be anything but. Rosemary, are you having one of those warm days? But Mr. Rivera was fully clothed, wasn't he? Yes. I find it very well, peculiar. Not everybody is in a rush, Hyacinth. But I think it would do us so good if we could find perhaps where this flower bag ended up. Why do you think there was an... Oh, right, your vision. Yes, darling, of course. Well, I, th I think I'll give the trailer and, well, Mr. Rivera one more good look over, just in case. We I'll, I'll look for drugs, yeah, for, for prescription drugs. Okay. Those are both uh, with reason. Oh, four. That is... That ooh, that's a 12. Ooh, nice. Very nice. Um... So, Violet, as you're looking around the, the, the trailer, um, one of the things that you do find around his uh, tea set um, is that you do find some little small pellets. And they look rather odd. Um, not something that you would normally put into tea. Um, you have a suspicion that it might be some kind of poison for... Rats. Vermin. Yeah. Rat poison. Yeah. Well, well, ladies, I, I do believe I found the murder weapon. Oh. And Violet will hold up one of the pellets. I believe, I believe, Paul, I believe he was poisoned. Rat poison, to be specific, with a, with a cup of tea. No yeah, one drinks tea with gum in their mouth, though. That's the problem with that. Hmm. Yes, and um, 
most of the rat, most of the dangerous rat poisons, strychnine and, and arsenic, have been banned. Um, let's check underneath underneath the sink if there's a sink in the trailer. Yeah, there. Would see be. if he's got rat poison. And I'll check inside the kettle. Or mouse poison. Yeah. 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 In in the you actually you don't. That's kind of like the 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 other clue is that you don't find anything like any mouse poison or rat poison within the within the space. And Heath will tell you that yeah, we we use rat poison here on the set. Um, you know, we got flour and, and all sorts of things that, that mice and other vermin like. So, yeah, we, we do keep it in, in stock. Keith, do you know if Mr. Rivera had a heart condition? Could those be nitroglycerin pills? Um, it's, he's, it's possible. Um, you know, you know it's, he, he may have been on high cholesterol. Who knows what? Yeah. Well, the police are going to want to analyze all of this stuff anyway. Well, the very quick yeah. answer. Yeah, and, I'd um, sure like to solve it before they do. <laughs> and we'll say that the nice. we'll say that the the inspector shows up at this point. Uh, this, I think, this is a good point for the inspector to show up. Mm. And uh, you know, this inspector, it's Inspector Dimple of the uh, the, the local constabulary. Um, and he sees you all and he goes, of course. Well, it's about time. Good afternoon, Inspector. Yeah, this is good afternoon, ladies. It's, I, I expected to find you here. I've, I've determined that if there is a dead body to be found, then you all are very close by. Yes, it's very, very funny how the universe seems to constantly be putting us on the same path. We're just waiting to see how long it takes you to figure out that we're all murderers. <laughs> I ascend. That's not funny. Uh, Inspector, you'll notice that the, uh, the rope that uh, he's bound with, it's a kink thing. Is it now? Quite fascinating. And he pulls out his little notebook and he writes it down. Yes. Um, apparently it's something called Shibari, which I don't... I don't know how Zelda knew about it. I, I'm but not familiar with that. I'll have to Japanese do a search on that later. People thing. Oh, I do recommend it. Okay. Uh, and he says kind of nervously <laughs> that recommendation. And, um, okay. and he goes over and he kind of looks, looks Paul over and he says, ah, oh, yes. He said, looks like you've got quite, quite a very interesting dead dead body here. We think that's uh, some sort of rat poison. Yes, ah. uh, by his teacup. Excellent. Yes, we can, we can definitely figure that out pretty, pretty quickly, I imagine. But um, he died with chewing gum in his mouth, which doesn't suggest that he was eating or drinking something at all. Perhaps and, he put the gum in his mouth after he drank? Yeah, it could have been bitter. Maybe he popped the chewing gum. It's a theory. Palette. I don't know. Is there any any evidence that the tea was in use at the time? Yeah, it does. It looks like the kettle has some water in it, and uh, there's an empty tea bag. The the teacup would still be warm. So it was just one teacup. Yeah. Well, you see, actually, you actually see a set there because his wife is in the in the trailer too. Oh, okay. 
but yeah, you only do see one teacup that's actually in use. So I guess you should know, uh, Detective Dimple, that uh, our current primary suspect is probably Mr. Scott Bland. Yeah. But um, I think that should be handled discreetly because it might not be. I I certainly appreciate discretion. And um, and he, he kind of looks around and he motions you all to the side a little bit. And he says, you know, since you all are involved in the production of this show, uh, I would really appreciate your assistance with this. And I think if you continue to play the part that you're par playing, you might learn a good bit of information that uh, uh, a person of the police may not. Hmm. Well, you should also check out Catwoman. That's his wife. Okay. His wife. Ah, oh, one of those. Okay. Yeah, you can't miss her. She's um, a very flashy thing. Donna's her name. Ah, the leopard print. Precisely. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I saw her sobbing in the, the main tent there. Uh, I have to say, I'm a big fan of Bake Off. I'm, I'm very sad to see Paul died. Mm. Yes, they don't even have a replacement judge planned as yet. Oh, I'm sure they have some television magic they can work. Yes. He was also apparently a rather nasty man. So there's ah. probably other people in the crew that don't like him. That's mm. entirely possible. I've read very many stories about, uh, about him, actually. Um, uh, apparently, the primary rumor going on is that uh, there were negotiations contract negotiations from what I've read, being a big fan of the show. Mm -hmm. uh, and apparently uh, he was threatening to leave if he did not have his contract approved. That's typical money, I assume. Yes. I just read it on the internet. You know, if it's on the internet, it must be true, of course. That's what they say. Well, well, Inspector, we'll continue. Excellent. Okay. Um, I will contact. I will contact um, Doctor Stern, uh, the medical examiner, and have him look at the body, and uh, I'll take it from here. Uh, that's a rash okay. on his neck. Had flour on his face, which is unusual. Yes, that's very very strange. Um, do you think it's a sign? Somebody is sending a signal. Oh, I don't know about that. That's very dramatic. But uh, it was uh, my feeling. It's it's quite a quite a curious gesture. Unless the flower preceded the death, it's also possible that whatever the sexual play was intended, that it it's unrelated to his demise. There could be two parties involved, after all, or more. So that's entirely just, possible. Something else I just thought of: if you're dying of some sort of poison and you're choking to death. Wouldn't you spit out your gum? I would expect so. It is very true. Or, or swallow, swallow it accidentally. It. Yes, quite. No, it's very odd. I think that, uh, Inspector, you should recommend that Dr. Sir look for an injection mark somewhere. Ah, excellent. Yes, I will certainly, may, I certainly pass all this off to the, the good doctor. Um, we'll do toxicology uh, tests as well, but unfortunately, those take a little bit of time. Uh, so. Of course. 
Well, Inspector, we'll keep our eyes open and our ears to the ground. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Ladies, let's see if we can find Scott and Melanie and see how they're uh, responding to the situation. Let's get a hold of um, Buck first. Oh, uh, yes. We have somebody strong near oh, us. Oh, I, 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 he won't yeah. do. I'm, I'd be surprised if he did anything to the group of us, Hyacinth. I mean, well, there are, there are strength in numbers. We can, and we can all, he can't silence us all before we start screaming our heads off. Well, Rosemary, you can never it. be too careful. Yeah. And he you know, will I say think, that. I think that people's oh. caution gets in the way of them living their most deep and authentic life. You're so very trusting. Well, with our current company, that deep and fulfilling life may be short-lived. Heath will say that Buck would be perfectly happy to, to help you out in any way. Thank you. Perhaps okay. one of the officers, too, just in case something's wrong. I hope the oh. poor boy is not guilty, but love is spent. Mm. Uh, he, did you bring your did you bring your tarot cards with you? Of course I did, darling. I don't think she lives home without them. Your consultation later, see if something happens. Heath, uh, does the crew have any sort of general camera running in between things for B roll and that sort of matter? Yes. Uh, yeah, we we have. Um, we try to run as small a crew as possible, and we, we've set up a number of uh, static cameras around that we can c continuously run footage from it, and then we edit it in later on, and it, it makes the, the scenes look more dynamic. Yeah, we, we do have that. Absolutely. Is it possible, then, that there might be some indication of who went in and out of the trailer? It's possible. We don't really have any cameras focused on the trailer. They're more in the, the primary tent. Mm -hmm. um, but but if know, someone stormed off in the easterly direction or yeah. came back with flowery hands, it might show up on some footage. Certainly could. Certainly could. Yeah. Um, you're welcome to look at it if you want to. If um, if someone on the crew can show me how these machines work, I think I'd be very interested in having a, a peek at that. Yeah, absolutely. I can I can help you with that. Not a problem. Excellent. I'm going to see Sean. Who's coming with me? I'll join uh, you, Hyacinth. Do you mean Scott? Oh, I'm sorry, Scott. Sean. Who's Sean? Where did I get Sean from? So Hyacinth and Violet are going to see. Are you going to go to see Buck first, or? Well, yes, we're going to. Yeah, we're going to get Buck, Buck first. Then... Okay, Zelda and Rosemary, what's your what's your feelings on what you would like to to do? I'm still I'll... stumped, quite honestly, and I for for right now, I'll follow along with Rosemary's visions. I'm a, a bit skeptical, but she's right more often than not, which is terrifying in its own way. Yes, I, I feel like that we need to find. I'm latched on to the image of, of the something in the flower bag. I want to go snoop around the pantry, or perhaps around where the where the, you know, where the materials are for the for the baking, and see if any, you know, if a whole bag of flour has mysteriously been thrown away, or 
or left somewhere odd or okay. see if one's just been opened and left. Okay. So Zelda, do you want to go with Rosemary? Is that kind of what you're thinking? Okay. Okay. Zelda, um, dear, you'll have to tell me more about your experiences with that. Uh, what did you call it? Oh, the Shibari? Oh, it's, yes. It, yes, of course. Tell me all about it, dear. Has begun. <laughs> so um, we'll start off with Hyacinth and Violet, and you will go see Buck, actually. Um, you find Buck um, with Donna. And um, Donna and Buck are together, and uh, you seem to s indicate that uh, Buck is, is trying to console Donna in her grief. Oh, sorry to interrupt. Oh, it's okay. Uh, what what can I help you with? Uh, well, um, we were hoping for your muscle. Oh. To, uh, certainly a man uh, such as you would be willing to protect a couple of little old ladies in their investigation of this horrible, horrible tragedy. I, yeah, I, I, can, I can do that, I suppose. Do you think you're in danger? Well, I, I, I put my hand on his very muscular arm, and, and I say, well, darling, we, we want to go speak with Mr. Lamb, and since um, he and Mr. Rodriguez seem to be having a, a, a falling out, um, oh. we, want to, we just want to make sure that we're not attacked. You know, being women and everything. Yes. Yeah, I can, I can, I can, I can do that. Yeah. How well do you know Mr. Lamb? Well, um, I've only been on the show for about a year. Um, but unfortunately, I've, I heard that he was on a previous episode of Bake Off. Uh, but and I wasn't, I wasn't working that particular show. Um, as far as I know, he's kind of, uh, he's a he's a really neat kind of guy. He's very particular. Um, you know, he, I don't I don't really see him as being a very violent kind of person. He just doesn't give off that kind of vibe. Do you happen to know if Scott won when he was on before? Oh no, he didn't win. <laughs> he did not win. Apparently, there was some some sort of. Apparently, Paul and. Scott had kind of an argument about overbaked muffins. Ah. Yeah, it, it, it actually mm. made, yeah, it actually kind of made it on the show, actually. Mm. Yeah. Well, maybe later we'll see, maybe later tonight I can see if I can dig up that episode on the old DVR. Maybe that'll get us some insight into Mr. Lamb. Yeah, yeah. Apparently it was just Scott felt that his muffins were perfect and Paul thought they were overbaked. That's mm. my understanding about how things went. Yeah. Well, if you wouldn't mind, if you, uh, I'm sorry, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Rivera, if you wouldn't mind uh, us borrowing Buck for a bit. Um, and she says, well, no, I'm, you know, and she looks kind of up at Buck in a longing kind of way and says you you won't be too gone too long will you buck not too long 
Okay. Okay, just be sure to come back, please. All right. So as we're walking, I'd like to just sort of bluntly say, um, so uh, Buck, what's is that your last name or your first name? Oh, that's 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 my first name, Buck. First name. Yeah. What's your last name? Um, Williams. Williams. Um, how long have you been having an affair with uh, Mr. Vera's wife? And he kind of like goes red and says, um, um, we're, we're not having an affair. There seems to be some tenderness between the two of you. It's perfectly all right. We're not going to say anything to anyone. Well, you know, I mean, we kind of for a few months, actually. Mm. Yeah. Um, it, we, we suspect that uh, Mr. Rivera and uh, Scott have been doing more or less the same thing. Well, I've, I've kind of heard that, that, you know, Paul and Donna lead separate lives in a lot of ways. Uh, modern marriage, modern, modern relationship, yeah. sure. So, <sighs> well, we'd like to speak to Scott, so. Okay, yes. I, think, I think they're over in the green room is where they're at. Right. And so, Did as, you by as, chance see Mr. Mr., Mr. Lamb anywhere uh, prior to this? Um, you know, after, after the first round, you know, everybody kind of scattered. Um, I think he went to the green room. Uh, I really wasn't paying a lot of attention to what the, you all were doing. I was more focused sure. on uh, my, my work and listening to Heath yammer on whatever he likes to yammer on about. <laughs> right. Of course. Well, here we are. This okay. is the green room. Yeah. Um, so we'll take a pause right here as you all are approaching the green room and we'll switch cameras over to uh, Doris. And you wanted to take a look at the footage, if yes. I remember correctly. Okay. Yeah. And Heath will take you into their little, little production room that they've got set up. Um, and um, he starts to, to let you go through all kinds of different things. So if you want to do a role with reason to see if you can um, identify anything. Yahtzee, that's a 13. Holy nice. cow. Holy cow. <laughs> um, so you see quite a bit, actually, from these different takes. Um, one of the things that you do see is... Um, you see a uh, what appears to be a confrontation between Mary, uh, Paul, and the producer. Um, and uh, the, the conversation that you hear has to deal with uh, contract negotiations. Um, and both Mary and the producer are a little bit upset with Paul in his particular demands. Um, they think he's being unreasonable and that he needs to kind of back off a little bit. Um, and does, how does Heath respond to seeing this footage in front of me? Does it make well, him nervous? He, or? Um, yeah, it kind, of, it kind of does make him a little bit nervous. You know, he's not making eye contact with you. Um, 
and, and, you know, he says, you know, you know, Paul was a pompous ass. Um, he was really hard to get along with, but damn it. He was the star of the show. So there you go. It's a pity these TV personalities have to be so unpleasant in reality. You know, about every single one of them is. It's really unfortunate. I, I, you know, the TV persona is just an act in a lot of ways. And sometimes, you know, us producers and whatnot, we kind of help out with that kind of stuff. Quite, quite. Mary is easy to work with then? Well, you know, Mary's... Mary's not as bad. Um, you know, Mary seems to be a little bit more pleasant, a little bit more easier to deal with. Um, you know, she's, she's been in the business for a long, long time uh, and done a lot of work. So she's really kind of gotten a little bit more aggravated with Paul and what he's been doing to the show. And mm -hmm. it's kind of become a very sore point with all of us. In, in the background here. Yeah. Well, that matter's resolved. Yeah. What's on this tape here? I'm sorry. Oh, the next, What's, the next. Yeah. Tape. Yes. Um, yeah. And so you see that on that particular tape, another, another tape <laughs> you see, um, Noel is, is in there running around and, and he's kind of like, looks like he's trying to set up for some practical jokes. Actually. Mm. <laughs> so he's being a bit silly, doing some cartwheels, being Noel. Very odd, strange individual Noel is. Actually. Any of his little pranks have to do with flour? Yeah, it, it looks like he's kind of like tried to set things up so that when you open the door, it'll fall on you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he's, you know, mislabeling things. Uh, he's just being, he's just trying to be, be he's trying to do something that he, th he thinks is funny. Mm -hmm. He's a cut up that Noel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then um, you change tapes again and um, this is a, this is a scene of just the open tent. Um, and you don't really see any activity in it. And so you just kind of sit there and you watch it for a little bit and you watch it for a little bit. Nothing happens. You fast forward. Um, and then you see Melanie appear. Um, and she walks in, uh, to this, this area. And you see her grab up a bag of flour. Hmm. And she walks out hmm. the way she came. That doesn't seem fair at all, in addition to perhaps having to do with. Uh... Yeah. And you kind of see as she, when she, before she grabs the flour, she kind of pulls some things out of her pockets. You don't really get a good look at it, but you know, it, and she's gone to her station is where she's at. And she's pulled some things out of her pockets uh, and, and placed them uh, at her station before she so, absconds with the, the flower. So she adds things to her work area and she disappears with a bag of flour. Does she seem to perhaps add anything to the flower? 
She doesn't. She's just kind of got the bag of flour with her, but she does. She's moving with haste. So she's looking around. She obviously doesn't want to be found. Uh, sneaky, doing, sneaky doing Melanie. What she's doing. You know, uh, we all rely on her bake shop. Her baked goods are generally very good. Yeah. Sweet, sweet buns. Uh, does that exhaust the uh, recordings? Yeah, on a on a twelve. That's 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 thirteen. Oh, thirteen. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty high. So it's gave me fair, it's tried to, tried to give you some fair, several clues yeah. with that one. Excellent. Yes, we have plenty to gossip with the ladies about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, we will switch our direction back to Rosemary and Zelda and your inspection of the pantry. So anyways, it turns out you can actually crochet with silk yarn and then make your own ropes out of it. So it, yeah, it, it ended up being a very fulfilling habit for both ways. That's a... Uh... It's always nice to find something that can get in touch with that, the innermost part of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Now, let's see. It seems, is there, is there anything obviously out of place or missing? Um, it's very disorganized. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, it looks like things are, it looks like that somebody attempted to have some organization to it, but, um, you know, there's, there's been a lot of movement in and out of, of this particular space. Yeah. Is there anything that you're particularly looking for or? Oh, I'm, looking? I'm looking for, I'm looking for bags of flour, basically. Oh Yeah. If somebody has left like an open bag of flour somewhere or tried yeah. to hide it amongst other bags. Yeah, you can you can find where the flour is stored at. Um, and you see some uh, large 50 pound bags as well as some smaller um, some smaller five pound bags that are sitting there. Yeah. Are the are the smaller bags um, all purpose? Yes. Yes. Excellent. That's what that was the type of flower was, wasn't it, Zelda? Uh yes, yes, definitely that one. Um I do wonder, do they have an inventory list or a clipboard or anything around? Yeah, yeah, there's a there's like a wall hook with uh uh with a clipboard and uh sitting there. So yeah. Okay. So going through, I'm just assuming it'll be like 10 bags, King Arthur, all-purpose flour uh, going in here. Is everything still accounted for or are some of them missing at this point that are not noted on the clipboard? Yeah, you can, you can go through the inventory list and a lot of it seems really normal uh, and uh, mundane, what you would expect to find for a baking show. Um, but you do find... Um, that there are some some extra extravagant purchases that are on the the, the, the invoices and, and things that are that are in here, um, things that seem to be a little bit more um, 
things that would be purchased for uh, personal consumption, kind of, kind of what I'm trying to get at. Um, uh, expensive teas. Um, oh, and, this must uh, be their poll section of the inventory here. So hopefully these are all of his lists of demands that he would make. There's only enough for one person. There certainly isn't enough to give to multiple people in the show. Yeah, but it's it's a it's a it's a list of a lot of different um, expensive chocolates, um, different kind of uh, foodstuffs. But it's not like large quantities; it's small mm-hmm. quantities at a large price. Right. Okay. And while while Zelda was doing that, are there any of these five pound bags of flour that are like open? Yeah, there are. Would you um, like to search wanna... in them? I would like to search in them. Okay, go ahead and do me a, uh, a reason. Well, you can either do reason or composure, actually, because you're kind of, or, or vitality if you want to do that, whichever is higher. Yeah, reason and composure are both the same. Okay. So. Ah, okay. That's a four. It's <laughs> <laughs> a four. Yeah, you reach into a bag and you pull out a mouse is in your hand. Uh, Hello, little, hello, friend. (laughs) And it squeaks, it's little, it's cute. It's like, you were not what I was expecting, but uh, given that you were alive in this bag, um, any rat poison wouldn't be in this bag, so. Yeah. Was that the something extra you saw in your vision? No, I don't know. Were you a witness, my little friend? Quick, quick, quick. Could you identify the killer? Or wait, is this not that kind of investigation? Squeak once for yes. Squeak, squeak. <laughs> but I mean, I'll I'll tuck the mouse um, into a In, pocket as my okay. friend now. Um, the universe put us into contact, so I must be for a reason. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll name her Petunia. Petunia the mouse. And Petunia the mouse. I will continue to search helplessly in the flower until. <laughs> yeah, and you get flower up your arms. Yep. It kind of gets it all over you. So you are uh, fully covered with flower, actually. Um, in in this pantry room, is there anything else you'd like to to kind of look for or, or do while you're in here? I mean, I was about to ask you that. That yeah, I I don't have any extra ideas for in here, um, so I just didn't know if if Zelda would search around, comparing to the inventory, uh, perhaps finding anything extra. Um, as far as like, if you kind of go along with the the inventory list, and you can go along, um, you can you can find everything that kind of matches up. Um, you do you are able to see that that they don't really do a very good job of, of tracking items. You know, it'll say that there's um, six sacks of flour, and there's actually five. Right. Or well, this just seems hopeless. Yeah. Yes, is there anything on there indicating any sort of fancy expensive cheese that was one of these personal extravagant expenditures? Yeah, yeah, there were some expensive cheeses on there, a chartreuse okay, board. I'll, I'll, I'll take I'll take some of that and give it to Petunia in my pocket. Okay. Yeah. 
You can certainly do it. And Petunia is, is very appreciative of your of your snack. She she laps it up very nicely. Um, and um but uh, Sue comes over and uh, and sees you all in this pantry area and goes, are, are you okay? Do you need anything? Um, yes. Do you have a box where I could put my newfound friend Petunia? <laughs> Sue looks at your, your mouse and she just screams. <laughs> She's like, no, no, I don't have a box. Get that thing away from me. It's okay, Petunia. It's okay. Don't so, let her negativity impact you. <laughs> um, and at this point, we will transition back to the green room as Hyacinth and Violet and their muscle buck are approaching the, the green room tent. Um, inside, you find um, Melanie, Scott, um, and Noel are, are in the green room at this point. Could you tell us what their composure is as we come in. Um, yeah, so you can obviously see that um, they do seem to be distressed at this particular situation. Um, and uh, they're, they're sitting there kind of munching on the, the snacks that are uh, there. Melanie seems to be snacking a little bit more heavily than the others. She seems to be probably stress eating uh, somewhat. Um, and uh, Scott has a, a bottle of Dr. Pepper and he's, you know, drinking it rather, rather quickly. Um, so Scott's not like bawling his eyes out or anything like that. He's not bawling his eyes out, but he does appear to be upset. Yeah. At the situation. Does it look like when I look at his face, like he has been crying? Um, yeah. Yeah. You can, you can kind of see some, some tear, some redness in in the face around the eyes. Yeah, you know, it's actually something I didn't ask about the body. What the eyes were like? Did it look like they were dilated, like he'd been poisoned, or? Yeah, it kind of went along with 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 some of the redness in the eyes around the neck. Okay. There was something something going on there. Yeah. So we walk in. I'm sorry for the intrusion. And they both. The, or all three of them kind of look up at you and Noel says, um, yeah, it's, it's a real tragic day uh, for Paul. Um, Would you mind if we asked you a few questions? Um, we've worked with the uh, detective uh, many times before, and uh, he sort of has asked us to... Uh, because we're ladies, we're more gentle than having a detective come in here and talk to you, but um, where were the three of you individually um, during the 15 or 20 minutes after uh, the show uh, stopped or okay. break? Um, yeah, Noel says, um, well, I, I just went back to my trailer. That's where I went. What did you um, do in your trailer? Oh, I put the cure on the stereo and turned the lights off and turned the black lights on. And uh, you miss, uh, is it Melanie? Melanie. Oh, Melanie. Melanie. Um, well, you know? yeah, well I, I, 
first I, I went to the bathroom um, and then I saw Sue and I had a conversation with her for a little bit. Um, and then I came to the green room to get a drink. That's what I was doing. And Mr. Uh, Lamb, how are you feeling? Um, he, he, he says, um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling great. Um, I'm, I'm upset about the whole situation. Um, you know, I'm very sorry that, that Paul has, has apparently been murdered um, by somebody. I don't know who would want to do that. Um, so, yeah, I'm just, I was really thankful to be back on the show and have another opportunity to, 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 to prove my baking skills and to prove to Paul that I could do it. So I'm, I'm we, upset. We thought he seemed rather harsh with you. Yeah. I mean, Paul, he's, he's got very high standards and, you know, he just wants the best out of everybody, I guess. Well, perhaps our friend Rosemary had an atrocious serving of pie, and yet he didn't seem to react to her as badly as he did towards you. I didn't taste your pie, but I don't know. I always kind of feel like maybe Paul has favorites, perhaps. perhaps. I, I don't know. If I ask you, I, I, I need to ask you a rather indiscreet question. No judgment. Um, what was your relationship with Mr. Rodriguez? Um, well, you know, I, I'd been on the show before, um, you know, and, and you may have seen the episode where Paul and I got into an argument over I some muffins. Oh, okay. Well, I've heard. I've heard of it, but yes. Yeah, we, we, we got into an argument over muffins. He thought my muffins were overbaked. I thought they were not. Um, so, you know, um, but that was really kind of the extent of our, our relationship there. You know. Well, there have been a number of rumors in the papers. Yeah, there's, there's all kinds of stuff out there, um, about Paul and I, and, um, you know, I, I, I don't know where this stuff gets started. I don't know how people can watch an episode where two people have a disagreement and then it suddenly becomes we're lovers. People have fantasies about people that they see on television. Are you, it's, it makes no difference, but are you in fact a homosexual? I, I am. Yes, actually. Um, but you're saying there was no relationship between you and Mr. Rodriguez. Uh, no, we, we, we didn't have, have a relationship. At, no. What did Since, you think of Mr. Rodriguez? You seem to be very, oh, sorry, uh, Violet. Please. Since we've been talking to uh, these three for a little while now, mm -hmm. uh, can I see if any of them have any, like a little bit of flour on like their sleeves, their chest, like any remaining little bits that maybe they might've missed? Yeah. Um, yeah. You can see that um, Melanie herself, she's got a good bit of dusting of, of flour on her uh, uh, chef's coat. 
uh, actually from the, the previous and um, also Scott actually also does have have a little bit of uh, a flower on himself as well because uh, yeah. yeah. he's got it kind of on his on his shoulder you know his arms he flower goes everywhere when you're dealing mm-hmm. with it um, yeah Noel doesn't yeah. seem to have any any flower on his on his person our uh, our friend Rosemary um, she's quite a spiritual person she believes in all sorts of things and in my time, I've seen that uh, that some of it is kind of true. Would you indulge me and allow me to uh, read your palms? Uh, I mean, I guess. It's silly, but... Sure. Okay. What I'm really looking for is to see if they have flour all under their fingernails, ah. as if you reached into a, a bag, bag of flour. flour. Okay. That's um, smart. Yeah, you can do do a reason roll with that one. Okay. And I'll just make up a bunch of BS about reading poems. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, six, seven, eight. I got an eight. That's reason. I should have put my stuff in a reason. Uh, mm. No, I got an eight. Oh, you got an eight? Okay. Uh, but maybe maybe Violet's looking too. <laughs> yeah, Violet will Violet will help out Hyacinth. She'll be making up stuff too about oh these two lines mean you'll find love sooner than you may think, my dear. Okay. Um, that's a nine. That's a nine. Okay, so eight and nine are both um. Partial success. Yeah, they're partial successes. Um, so the two of you are kind of over. Uh, <laughs> forgotten his name. Gee whiz, uh, Scott. 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 And um, you know, you're you're trying to to read his palm and everything. And Paul uh, Scott has his his phone, um, kind of kind of sitting there. Um, and you see like a notification pop up from a text message. Um, and uh, it, you don't recognize who it's from, but it says something like, um, has it worked or is it working? Mm. Yeah. And uh, that's really, you know, you see that there's actually more to the text message than, than is it working, but Scott sees you looking at it and he grabs the phone up and puts the rest of it in his pocket. I'm sorry. Here not able to to view the whole but he doesn't say anything he just picks up his phone and puts it in his pocket mm-hmm. well i i can't say that i see anything unusual in your palm your lifeline seems to be strong your mm-hmm. heart line seems to be strong so do you think what do you think is going on with paul and all this mm-hmm. Well, we don't know. Once we get the pathology report back from the uh, the autopsy, which will take probably a day or so to get back, um, the current, it's quite a mystery as to how the man died. Mm. Uh, he didn't seem to choke on anything or he was chewing gum. 
did he often chew gum? I believe he did. I think he, he kind of chewed gum all the time. I think it was kind of just a general habit of his. It's there one was... of those things where there's a lot of people that could have had some motivation. But... And there was also something strange around his teacup. And I'm going to be looking at all of their reactions when I say this. Okay. And to um... see who gives the biggest reaction to it. Or the yeah. least. Yeah, that would or be. Or the least. Yeah, that would be uh, rolling with presence. Got it. Yeah, because you're trying to ascertain something about this per- these people. Well, good thing that is where I put my one, and that is a ten. Nice. Um. Yeah, Melanie kind of looks at her feet when you say that. Hmm. All right. Not nothing much from Scott or Noel. Um, you know, uh, th- as far as like a visual uh, hmm. change of their their features, no. Um, they just kind of kind of look at you like, well, what do you mean? What was what was around his teacup? I, well, I may not be a hundred percent right, but it at least to me it looked like rat poison. Rat poison? Noel says that. You don't put rat poison in your tea. You'd have to make it bitter. Well, if you're trying to kill somebody. No, oh, he's that... quite right. It's uh, it's really a long shot. Mm-hmm. I also think you might have to put an awful lot of rat poison into that... a person's tea. That is we'll know true. when we get the autopsy. Yes. Anyways, we just wanted to know where you are. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, do you want any anything to eat or drink? Oh, no, thank you. I, I might just take a bottle of water. Uh, you're welcome to have anything you'd like. Yeah, I will just grab a bottle of water. Okay. <laughs> oh, hush, Hyacinth. So I, I imagine you all are... Converging back on the the main tent, mm-hmm. is that area okay? Yeah. When you when you come into the main tent, you see that one of the ovens is smoking. Lots of smoke oh, dear. coming out of the tent uh, out of the oven. Heath and Heath is is with Hyacinth and Violet, and he's like, "Oh my god!" And he starts yeah, to run for a fire extinguisher. Where are they? they? They should be everywhere. Yeah. And he gets he gets a hold of one and um, goes over and he's like, what do I do? Do I do I just spray the outside oh, of it? Here. No, give it to me. Turn here. it off, first of all. And he kind of hands it over to Violet to, to operate. Yeah, Violet will go turn off the oven first and then open the door a little bit and then spray inside with the fire extinguisher. Okay. Yeah. And when you spray inside the, the fire spray inside of it, you know, all the smoke starts to come out and you start to see paper comes out of the, <laughs> of the oven. Someone's been destroying evidence, Rosemary. What an odd way to do it. I'll, I'll snatch one of the papers up. Okay. Pepper. What is it? 
yeah, it's um, it's Just actually guessing it's Paul's contract. My <laughs> thoughts exactly, Violet. You start to look at it, and it's it's kind of strange, but it's like um, leaves of a cookbook. Like there's recipes on each page, and they're all Paul's recipes that are that are in this oven. Hmm. Somebody is uh, is burning Paul's recipes. They seem to uh, killing him just wasn't enough. Yeah, and yes. if maybe his recipes were overbaked. Oh, that sounds Probably. like something that Scott would say. I wonder if someone doesn't plan to plagiarize his cookbook and they were destroying the evidence. But still, such a noticeable way to destroy evidence. This seems like something either they weren't thinking or wanted some poetic scene to happen. I mean, so gosh, just, there's cameras everywhere. This it's is quite dramatic. Yes, yes. there are and cameras I'm, all over the main tent. I'm sure his recipes are on his computer at home as well. Yes, this seems personal, emotional, even. Uh, Heath, would you be a dear and go look at the um, the camera footage from only a few moments ago? Yeah, yeah, I'll go and do that. And he heads off to the the production tent. Who can we eliminate uh, based on where we were and who we were with? It couldn't have been Scott or Melanie or Noel or Buck they or Petunia. Oh, Petunia would Petunia. never do such a thing. Oh, let me. Who, uh, who, who is this? This, this this little devil is after yeah. my Petunia. Oh dear <laughs> God, that's a huge mouth. <laughs> no, no, the it's tail it's so clingy. <laughs> it's the cat that's after Petunia. No, no, darling, it's uh... no, Petunia is is my friend that I found in the flower. See, oh Jesus, Petunia. Rosemary, we've you talked should. to you about taking a vermin home. It's just not it's just not sanitary. We're we're in a tent outside. The vermin lives here in the in the garden. You should put him in the garden. No, she Well the, the universe sent her to me. We are she is mine to take care of. The two people that we didn't see before this happened was Sue and Mary. Perhaps, perhaps Mary is, well, she wants to become the star of the show faster than we believed. Who's Melanie Blair? I've got that name written down. Uh, she's she's the other one of the contestants. contestants. Mm-hmm. Ah, and we haven't Who? seen them either, the other contestants. Uh, no, I Melanie. think they were in you the were just, You were just with them. No, I was with, uh, oh, I'm sorry, that is Melanie's <laughs> name written down yeah. <laughs> <of> the bottom. <laughs> Hyacinth, are you are you remembering things okay? I think it's time, ladies, that you're going to need to lock me up in some home. You, you Have you been sampling Mary's keep, cooking cherry? You keep calling Mr. Riviera all sorts of different last names. Well, it's one of those. Uh, now, Hyacinth, names. Yes. But speaking of that Madeline girl, when I mentioned the rat poison in Mr. you mean melanie melanie yes ladies everyone right now take take some zinc <laughs> so 
when I mentioned that there was some rat poison around Paul's cup, she, well, she definitely looked a little bashful. She kept mm. staring down at her feet. Mm. Yes, and and Mister Mister Lamb denies that he has had any kind of relationship. Uh, and, and I don't you know. I sort of believed believe him, him, Hyacinth. I do. I do believe him. He seemed quite sincere. Also, he had no reaction when she mentioned the poison as well. But mm -hmm. we did see for a brief moment there was a message on his phone, and it said, "Is it working?" Yes, I thought about that, but it could just mean, it could be, I mean, his other boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Uh, he did say he was a homosexual. Um, well, you uh, asked It could be his sure. boyfriend just asking if the recipe that he used worked. Mm. Checking up on him. I would be checking up on my boyfriend if I was a homosexual. Perhaps. Well, as for Melanie and her feet gazing, there's videotape of her stealing a sack of flour from the main tent. Mm. And she seemed to be smuggling something into her baking station as well. Oh, let's also, go look. Yes. Oh, fine idea. Oh, and which also, oven was the manuscript in? Whose oven? Um, oh, yeah, they are actually at the stations now that mm -hmm. I remember. Yeah. yeah, they're in like the middle of the station. Yeah, they're they're in the middle of the stations. Um, they're in Scots. Mm -hmm. Are they? That could be a bit of a red herring framing him. Exactly. I wouldn't put it in my own. Certainly, no. I mean, how many stories have we read where the, somebody tries desperately to frame somebody else? Let's check Melanie's station. Yes, that's a good idea. Also, I, I, I hope they give up on the idea of continuing to film today. I mean, obviously now Scott's oven is contaminated. You couldn't bake a meringue in there with all that charred paper smell and so on. Mm. Well, a good question would be well, this, too. How well are these ovens heating for us? How long is it taking for the temperature to rise in them? Because as I recall from it, certain book that paper goes into flames at 415 degrees it's 51 and he made that number up entirely uh, well in any case you could put the paper in there and turn on the oven and leave and be quite a distance away before they started burning yes i find that parchment paper darkens considerably uh, around pizza temperature, 425, just a little bit below 451. It takes no more than 10 minutes to start to burn. But of course, when it's in a pile like that, it's thicker and more resistant. It's worth yes. thinking about. It could have been in there since before we found, before his body was found. Very true. Mm. Well, I'm sure Heath will come back to us once he has the footage. Mm. Yeah. Unless, of course, Heath did it. He mm. was having quite an argument with Mary and Paul about Paul's contract. Paul was threatening to, to send the whole series into the rubbish bin unless he got what he wanted. And well, except murdering him would do the same thing, wouldn't it? 
oh, I don't know. It's excellent publicity. And uh, you don't have to negotiate a contact with a dead man. Uh, And by the way, uh, the other presenter, Noel, he's been um, cranking the shoot all along, doing silly things like putting bags of flour on the top of door jams and whatnot. So it's always possible that the flower face has nothing to do with the hives, which indeed might have nothing to do with the shirabi, did you say? Which in turn might have nothing to do with, you know, the poisoning or what have you. We were also thinking, we uh, and Violet and I, as we were walking along, what if the flower was used to cover something up on, on Mr. Rodriguez's face? Riviera. 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 Goodness, as, honey. Mr. Riviera's face. You used to go on a holiday at the Riviera. You've never been on a holiday at Mr. Rodriguez. At any rate, yes, it could have been covering up an allergic reaction or lipstick or who knows what. Hmm. We should mention it to the inspector. Heaven knows the fellow would be lost without us. We also, we also, I did forget this completely to tell you, but we did get the distinct and confirmed that Mr. Buck and uh, Donna uh, Lamb, uh, Donna uh, Riviera, Riviera, whatever, um, they were also having an affair. Well, you know, love isn't something that should be trapped in these bonds that we call marriage. Love should have well, been yes, your, your stance on free love is well documented, my dear. Um, well documented. But Public display. Perhaps Mr. Heath and Mary are in cahoots. Mm, they stand to benefit, perhaps, and they could cover for each other. So does uh, so does Mrs. Riviera and Riviera, Riviera and Mr. That's Buck. true. I mean, with the death of her husband, she'll probably get most everything. of his revenue. Yes, everything he owned. Yes, if their relationship was unconventional, it still might have been on its way out. Frankly, were I he, I would tire of her mm. gaudy ways. Well, she had a rather good body, so maybe it's just a sexual thing. He certainly has a very nice body. Hi, I said, I saw you take his arm rather aggressively. You really should be mindful. You know, lady that was a certain... test, darling. I wanted to see, uh, you know, yeah. what he was made of. For all I knew, he could have been a homosexual as well, but he certainly didn't seem to be. Mm. I, I want you to understand that I'm certainly not hung up on people being homosexuals. It's just the evidence is quite clear in front of us. And I was quite right about Mr. Lamb. It's just a fact that we need to incorporate in. And But I also believe that he is not was not having an affair with Mr. Mr. That's what I find remarkable. You usually always assume the most scandalous things about people. So the fact that you take his word for it is very striking. He he was quite forward with me. I mean, he didn't hesitate to tell me. You were forward with uh, the beefcake. He was forthcoming 
Mr. Lamb, with you. Yes, you were a school teacher, weren't you? Um, well, uh, I'm, I'm it, going to take a look at the uh, cooking station of our little flower thief. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Quiet. Let's peek through all of Melanie's drawers. Although I will be very disappointed if there's anything in there because I, re I rely on the buttery buttons for my regular croissant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can go through the, 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 the station without doing a roll because you've been through your stations. And the assumption mm -hmm. is that every station should be exactly the same with, with all the same uh, ingredients and instruments and whatnot. Um, so well, so we do, also allowed to bring a, like a few of our own things from home? I think so, yeah. Mm. I think so. They're yeah. approved. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she was uh, pulling things out of her pocket, so it probably wouldn't be a, a big item. Um, but, yeah, you, you are able to identify pretty quickly that um, she had uh, put into um, different types of flavorings that you all don't have on your station. So she was probably sneaking uh, different different flavors uh, into mm. her baking that you guys didn't find. Well, get her disqualified if they find out. Although for that matter, Rosemary, I think your little friend Petunia will get you disqualified if anyone realizes you're carrying a rodent into the well, baking competition. Well, here's the thing, Doris. I mean, everything that they brought we can use, and it seems to very clearly to me they also brought Petunia. And it, I'm it, also very sorry to inform you, Doris, but we found Petunia in the show's flower, so um, maybe don't sample your own goods as you're baking. Heavens, that is ghastly. Rosemary, I'm perhaps you could wear a tall little hat, a little chef's hat, and put the mouse in here, and he could teach you how to cook. Oh, that's Anyone like that one, that one movie. Yeah, mouse. Yeah, my grandchildren it like called. it. Uh, yeah, the little blue mouse. Not as cute as you, Petunia. We all need to take more zinc, I think. I misplaced my zinc, damn it. Well, um, at least now we know she wasn't trying to hide, well, rat poison or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So Just cheating at the competition, not cheating at life itself. Yes. But where, where was she going with all that flour? Well, that is true, there is... The other thing Violet notices is that because um, you're rifling through the station mm -hmm. is that she's uh, Melanie is is missing a, a chef's knife. Oh, dear. We have a knife unaccounted for. Now I want protection from that box fellow. Mm. Do you think that we will still be shooting later today? That would be my guess. Problem is, it's the thousands and thousands of dollars have been spent. So yes, they probably will. Yeah. How Zelda, dear, I would, I would watch your back. With you winning the last competition, you might be a little bit higher on our. Uh, murderer's hit list. I swear to God, if the hosts call for a sudden death match, then yes, I will be panicking. But... Sudden death. 
Mm. Um, so at this point, uh, we'll we'll take a short break if you are are okay with that. Mm-hmm. And yes, when totally. we we get back, we will kind of do a, a little bit of a fast forward to uh, the next uh, baking round. Excellent. Okay. No. Off to the little girls' room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so remember, kids, be sure to drink uh, all your orange flavored drink and your vitamins before you go to bed every night. And the scene opens back up with um, Sue and Noel are standing up front and every, the contestants are all at their stations. Um, and, uh, you know, everybody's kind of awkward because of what's been going on, but, you know, Heath is kind of encouraging you all to kind of keep going you know, we're going to do this one last round and then we'll, you know, we'll be able to finish the show out. Um, so Sue takes over her normal role as presenter and uh, she says, uh, Bakers, in uh, this round, you are all going to make a uh, cake. And, uh, so, so I don't get lost like I almost did last time. I'm going to do this in a little more organized fashion. Um, so we'll start with uh, Hyacinth, and she can describe her cake to us. I'm doing an orange chiffon cake um, with um, a, secret, a secret ingredient that I'm not going to tell you, but okay. it should make it nice and tangy. Okay. So Zelda, how does the how does the cake come out? We can smell the scent of fresh citrus that's like permeating the entire room. That this orange chiffon is going to have such a floral um, or a fruity aroma to it that it certainly well, if it tastes half as good as it smells, then it should be quite good. Fantastic. And so we'll just keep with you, and uh, you can describe your cake that you wish to make for the competition. Okay. Um, let's see, I do think that Zelda will try and stick with um, her hobby of knitting and try something a little bit different, but essentially weave together strands of cake to make kind of a basket weaved inside. So essentially pan baking several different uh, flavors, maybe some vanilla, some cream, something, uh, laying them out into small rectangles and weaving them on top of each other. So it should have a very interesting pattern when it is cut open into it. Uh, But flavor wise, uh, it's yes, she's just going to go with typical Earl Grey and vanilla bean. Okay. Violet, how does it turn out? Uh, I'm not going to lie. That sounds pretty good. So, <laughs> and Zelda, Zelda seems to know what she's doing. So I, th- I think it goes pretty well. All right. Um, what kind of cake does Violet make for the. Uh, Violet is going to be a little more adventurous now, and she is going to do a, a take on a strawberry shortcake, but more as an upside down cake. So there's going to be strawberries baked into the top that have been drizzled with a bit of regular chocolate and white chocolate. And then she flips it over and decorates it with a nice little sprinkling of 
uh, whipped cream, maybe a couple of cherries, just to give it that really sweet, juicy texture. Okay. Um, Doris, how does her cake turn out? The violet strawberry shortcake is very violet. It's very sweet. It's very light. It's a little delicate. It might be a shade flimsy. Um, it's an excellent experiment, though. And at least she isn't stealing someone else's idea, like doing a citrus chiffon cake. <clears throat> <laughs> and uh, what kind of cake does Doris make for this round? Well, given that my citrus chiffon idea has been borrowed by my dear friend Hyacinth, who is, after all, practically the queen of Brindlewood Bay and as old as the queen, I'm going to shift gears entirely. I think uh, it's, a, it's a salted caramel chocolate cake with alternating levels caramelize some sugar and mix that with chocolate, a sprinkling of sea salt in the dark chocolate alternate layers, uh, and frosted very parsimoniously. Rosemary, how does it turn out? Well, I, I it's nice to see Doris kind of loosen up and go a little wild with what she deems to be a sprinkling of salt um but i i can't i can't falter for you know getting into the mood and just letting it go you know what sort of uh option vegan option i imagine does does rosemary option create i am making a vegan apple cake today okay and Hyacinth, how does Rosemary's vegan apple cake turn out? A vegan? Yes. Su surprisingly good. It's surprisingly good. Something's wrong. <laughs> Did they swap out her nut milks? <laughs> I don't know. Is it almond instead of? It's not a hint of, of almond. Um, but, uh, she might win this one. I don't know. I have um, no idea. Oh, wait, I'm tasting the wrong one. No, no, I'm joking. I, it, uh, uh, three cheers to, to Rosemary. Yeah. Melanie's con contribution is a lovely coconut cake, and uh, Scott will make a caramel cake for this. Hmm. Actually. Um, and um, Mary will come in and she will judge all the cakes. And, um, you know, she compliments Violet on the crumb uh, and the 
the the boldness of it. Um, Zelda, she appreciates the the work that you put into it, um, and uh, she she compliments all of you on on everything. But Rosemary, she says, I can't believe that this is vegan. Really, wow. Yes, yes. And so she will award you with the uh, the win of this this particular round. And uh, at the conclusion of the round, um, you know, the producer thanks you all. And he says, you know, um, you know, just thanks for, for, for pushing through that. I greatly appreciate it. Um, and the and, and inspector Dimple is actually standing there uh, off to the side, uh, waiting to speak with you all. And you see Sue and Noel, they go off in some direction and uh, Scott and Melanie, they, she, they also leave as well. Um, and uh, Keith and uh, Mary and Buck will also kind of, kind of leave you all to your space. So, and uh, the inspector comes up and he says, so how, how have things been going? Well, Rosemary had her, Someone snuck some actual food into her baking area, and so she won. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's that's a sounds like a real crime right there. I'll have to get on that apples, one. Apples, apples, and lemons are real food, Doris. Mm. There's no sneaking involved. Well, it 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 is it is telling that before it was there was no petunia, and now and now there is there is. Oh heavens, it's true. Uh, Inspector, um, we've uncovered any number of anomalous uh, behaviors and facts among the, the cast and crew. Uh, I think the most troubling thing that we're aware of so far is that uh, Melanie, who's a, a Brindlewood Bay local and mm -hmm. friend of ours, was sneaking about and she absconded with a sack of flour. Given that her family runs a bakery, she can't be short of flour in general. And so I could only but associate that with the material that was smeared on the victim's face. Yeah, it, it does seem to be a good conclusion. Um, now, uh, now I, I do know that Melanie has, uh, the bakery has been under quite a bit of financial strain. Buttery buns? Yes. But everyone loves buttery buns. We yes. all rely on buttery buns. Well, not everyone. You see, there's a, there's the new bakery that came into town recently. I don't know if you've ever been there or not, but it's one of Paul's chain bakeries. Oh. It seems that uh, it's been very popular. I'm far too loyal to have even thought about such a thing, but that is... Uh, most, most of us are. You know, I, I certainly like the buttery buns the best. Uh, the best buttery buns there are. But, but now, if you wanted to Melanie eliminate competition... Was... I'm sorry. I was very nervous during the, the very first interviews, more than anybody else. And Very now, nervous. if Melanie, Melody, Melanie is our prime suspect, suddenly 
burning that recipe book makes a little more sense. Oh, how so, Violet? Well, wouldn't you be a little upset if some fancy baker came into town and stole your business with his baked goods? I mean, very clearly it was an act of anger. I mean, throwing it in an oven here of all places is a little risque if you're not if you want to stay hidden. So you think you also think it's an emotional response. I wonder if it could be some sort of as it were, baked red herring, though. Maybe they were trying to disguise some other clue and they used the burned paper to hide it. Because as we have noted, it's such a it's such an unavoidably obvious gesture. Was, ah, Mr. That Riviera, me. was Mr. Riviera married? Donna, the leopard lady. Oh, yes, of course. That reminds me, I need to go see Mr. Heath about that footage he might have captured of the person burning the, the book. Right. Heath was supposed to get back to us about that. Yes. But you're onto something. If there's a connection between uh, Miss, Miss Riviera and Melanie, we and they were conspiring a... to get rid of Paul... She would inherit the money, and Melanie would also lose the competition that she had. She would be without any competition in town. I assume that the that the business would then close. Yeah, well, that, that's it's the opposite potential as well. That why perhaps it would be uh, Donna that inherited the chain of bake shops, and so they would be actually opponents. But she or, might have promised Melanie Baker's. to. She might have promised Melanie to to get rid of this chain here in the bay. Mm. Why burn the book? You think that it might be a red herring? It makes it look like it's a crime of passion. Well, there was some other evidence, some other scent, perhaps that would be covered up by the charred paper that filled the main tent. Or a let's piece not of paper. And why does Paul always steal the recipe? Hyacinth, you made a key lime pie. It was excellent. The crust was as flaky as rosemary. I've you always said Scott. as much. Yes, oh, yes. Scott. Yes. And now Scott has made a caramel cake when you've made a caramel cake. Precisely. Why does Scott not ever generate his own ideas? No. Let's get a look at his cooking station. Maybe that might. But uh, speaking of cooking stations, before I forget, um, where's your mouse? Did Petunia's right here? See, as long as it's as long as we know where it is. Mm. Maybe it's give okay, it a Petunia. snack. You know, they have very high metabolisms. I'm sure your pocket's full of. <laughs> what you were saying? I was saying before you insulted my friend that I was wondering if Melanie complained at all about the missing knife at her station. Or she knew it was missing. Mm. Did it bring attention to it? Well, you might not need a knife during a cake bake. Mm, cutting up the chilled butter. The chef's and knife fruits. is very useful. And even you know, if I open a, my chef's drawer and there's something missing, I notice. Mm. Of course, my memory is not as... Mm, 
pockety as some. There's competition. Why would you risk losing everything that you've worked for and owned in order to just get rid of one competitor? We all agree that the buttered buns place is much better than anything else that we've ever seen. Yes, but you know, unless the the mysterious lover this whole time has been Melanie, maybe Melanie and Paul, and now their love has been tainted by him moving in on her business. Prospect is frankly terrifying. I do think we should check everyone's station, however, and see if there's anything afoot. Yes, Pages from the I missing agree. cookbook, perhaps. If you burnt most of the manuscript, but you kept one recipe for yourself, for example, mm. let's, well, let's go I think alphabetically. If we find, I no. think if we were to find anything like that, Scott would be the one to have it. I don't think that Scott has anything to do with buttered buns. Or oh, perhaps he does. Or I was more referring to Doris's theory of if they saved a recipe from the burnt cookbook, since Scott seems to be copying a lot of our things that we make. It's true. I wonder, was Melanie in the room whenever you inquired of Scott's relationship with Paul? Yeah, she was. Mm. Do you think that that may have set up a patsy? If she is the one responsible for everything and knew we were being suspicious towards one, sort of put things in his station, made it look more like a crime of passion, a very sloppy, attention-seeking one at that. That is... The jilted lover that uh, Scott said he actually was not, that was nothing more than a rumor, we ourselves were... Well, if people knew that Mr. Lamb was a homosexual, then it would be natural that they might think that it was a lover's spat, and that would implicate Paul, but that might not be the case. That's just Hollywood and, and television nonsense. Yes, just wondering if Melanie is indeed the culprit and was looking for a scapegoat, she may be trying to frame Paul and put all eyes on him while doing something else. I'm wondering if maybe things may be missing from Paul's trailer. I think I said Paul, I meant Scott. Mm. We don't know who texted him. Melanie was in the room with us when Scott received a text that said, did it work? I think it might have just been his boyfriend asking if his recipe had worked, but didn't Perhaps. you say earlier that it was, is it working? I think the tense is important given that it's a text message. So an immediate sort of conversation. Perhaps. Oh, maybe, you know how maybe I am with names and to, Maybe Scott wanted to have a romantic relationship with Paul and thought that if he could get on the show again and impress him, that such a thing would occur. And so is it working could be in reference to his plan to be on the show again and get closer to Paul that way. Although yeah. in that case, uh, I think he would have had to have been typing posthumously, or now to a, I, no, I I don't think that I don't think that that's a possibility. Now that I'm thinking about it, with the way Paul was tied up, 
I believe the only person he'd willingly let anyone do that to him, well, would be Dora, Dorothy. Donna? Donna. Well, they we were all the only one that messes up names. Immediately, everyone have some zinc. It's just, we're all, I, I feel my bones are getting more brittle as we discuss things. Mm. <laughs> but Brain fog. Can we give some of the zinc to Petunia? Please. Um, I, ladies, another thing that's been troubling me all along. Let's say you're uh, romantic or erotic interests run a little on the exotic side and you're into this tsunami or whatever. Shinsho. Is it, is a half an hour enough? between takes that you would allow yourself to be bound in a trailer that your wife has access to? Well, I can tell you that my husband, Walter, didn't do, didn't take very long at all. Because always but rather I disappointing. There wasn't any uh, braided ribbon and in, in pattern uh, fabric involved. I, he was on his back too. Doesn't that seem like it'd be extremely uncomfortable? Well, then dressed, and there's, I... And it was only his wrists as well. You can get quite a lot of coverage done in only a half hour that I would have expected a lot more if it was actually that. It's just the, the intricate weave happened to remind me of it. If it was sex, wouldn't they have been naked? And does that mean that after murdering him and not untying him, she put his clothes or he put his clothes back on? Well, and additionally, all of the rash was underneath, well underneath his shirt. Was there something on the clothing? Like Hercules. Uh, his wife put poison on his clothing, and it drove Hercules mad. He threw himself mm. off a cliff. You know, Rosemary, I knew Hyacinth was older than us, but I didn't know that she knew Hercules. Yes, well, you shouldn't be surprised, Doris. She knows every everybody you can find in the museum. She's been around so long. Mm. Between mean, Hercules should... and the cameraman, she does seem to have a type. Mm. I think we should. Uh, well, is Inspector Dipple still with us, actually? Yes, Didn't he, yes, he, he is. began this conversation. Inspector Dipple, has any sample been taken from the dead man's clothing? Uh, no, we haven't actually sampled his clothing, no, but this sounds like a very interesting uh, idea. And so I, I have made some notes and we will definitely look into it. Absolutely. Um, Are they doing anything on the autopsy yet? Have they taken the body? And um, yeah, I took, we, I did take possession of the body um, and I did deliver it to uh, Dr. Stern. Um, and he said that he would get on it quick. Um, as of right now, um, I don't believe I have any results from the autopsy. Very well. I am going to go check Scott's station real, very quickly. Okay, let's go, let's go together. We shouldn't uh, yes, break up the team. Splitting up would not be a very good idea while a murderer is about. Well, Scott's station is just right there. Yep, you're right there. Let's all hold hands to make sure we're safe. Um, very well. <laughs> That's an excellent so, idea, Heisen. 13 feet. 13 feet. Actually, I'm sure I have enough ribbon in here that we can make a little uh, rope line. We can tie ourselves together, yes. Where did you get case. that mysteriously multicolored ribbon from, Violet? Ah, don't. Maybe we should be investigating you. Awfully familiar. 
You are you, you into Shinsho? No. Shinshi Shinshi or whatever it is called. Right. Anyway. And Violet will start opening drawers. What um what are you looking for anything in particular or kind of what's your, your search pattern that you're trying to, to anything to anything that ha- that is a recent addition, so like anything not normally in that, like ours, or anything missing. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, you look through and the station looks pretty, uh, pretty normal. Um, so you don't see anything that's like, uh, addition and you don't really see anything that's, that should be missing. So everything seems to be normal and accounted for. Any paper in there? Um, you, there's some remnants that are kind of on the floor from the previous fire that that happened uh in there mm. yeah and uh, well, we should try melanie's and we should try each other's because something might have been planted as well I agree yeah so how's melanie's station look um melanie station looks um kind of like because i imagine you all did not remove any of the extra items that you found Nope. Um, we left everything as is. Everything as is, yeah. So the the extra items that that were there are there, um, and uh, so. Sorry, what was yeah. Melanie's cake? Coconut. 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 Does it seem like she used any of these things to cheat, or perhaps she was just anxious and brought things in for comfort? Um, yeah, it, it does look like she, she may have used uh, some additional mm. flavorings and whatnot to, to kind of enhance um, her cake. I'd like to, to take a closer look at the things that she smuggled in. Maybe sniff even the slightest taste. Yeah. Um, go ahead and do a reason roll for that one, I think. I'm going to roll 12 once in a minute, so... Whoa! That's a natural 11 with my plus one is 12. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Yeah, none of the bottles that she has are marked. They're just nice little vials that that she has. Um, And, you know, you start to taste taste them just a little bit or smell them a little bit. and yeah, um, one of them, one of them does does have a very very bitter flavor to it. Very bitter. You would you would you would not expect it to be a normal cake kind of flavoring. Mm. Yeah, very bitter. Inspector, uh, would you would you um, bag this or whatever it is you do? I. There's something I have no idea why she would bring this into a baking program. It's not. It doesn't seem. Is it? It's not even alum. Alum is more puckery. Yes, puckery. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. I've, absolutely. I've I've got a couple bags with me, and he'll put it in a bag and notate it appropriately. Thank you so much, Inspector. You're very welcome. So it. Uh, 
So I'm just asking the group, how do you all feel about moving into the theorize portion? Do you feel like you could develop a theory at this point or do you want to continue on? I, I feel like before, before we do that, um, I was going to say that this, uh, this situation reminds me of something that happened to Amanda Delacount. Amanda, yes. In, in the novel, The Ghostwriter, do you remember when they went to the Count's Manor and they found all those manuscripts thrown into the fireplace? Mm. Mm. Quite. Yes, there was I, so much charred paper, that. and yet and they found in between that there the leaves. Some, there was like letters, love letters of some sort that were burned, but they were using the manuscript to hide them. Well, there are still some remnants of the burnt-up cookbook. There might be something like that still left. But how did Amanda piece together who had sent those letters? It's been a while since we've read that one. Hmm. I don't remember. There was something about... Uh... Was there something about a, a dropped character on the typewriter? The eye was below the line. And so they tried to compensate by wedging something like that. Yeah, but I, I believe it was the one scrap of the letter they found, the typewriter used to type it. They only knew of one person that had such a flawed typewriter. The nephew. Yes, yes. Perhaps if we go dig through the ashes, we might find a scrap of something that was burned along with the a telling the a telling document amongst the borrowed recipes. If you well, weren't very wise, if you weren't very wise, you would take the recipe book, you would take the letter as you describe it, and jam it in the middle and stick it in the fire. And very likely, the center of the book wouldn't burn very much. The outside would burn. It wouldn't burn from the outside. If you were wise, you'd put the letter on top of the book that you were burning so that it goes first. But I, we can see if the person wasn't very wise. Let's check the book. Okay. So you want to re-examine the, uh, the charred remains of the, mm -hmm. of the book? Okay. Do, yes. Okay. Um, yeah, and um, so you are able to to find uh, a a letter that is, uh, as Hyacinth described, jammed into the center. Uh, that is not a recipe. Eureka! Actually. Yeah. Um, and um, it's an interesting letter. Um, let me see from my list. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do this one. This is a nice one. You find a letter from Buckingham Palace. And it is an invitation from the Queen for the cast and the crew to come and visit. And um, what you notice is that there is a name that is missing from the cast and crew. And it is Mary's name. Oh. 
Isn't it always the way, ladies? It's the ones we like that disappoint us. Do you think part of Paul's demands were to get Mary Cherry off the show? Or that the show was going to drop her in order to meet Paul's demands. And so to keep everyone knows Mary Cherry is she's a household name because of this show that without it, what what would she be? She doesn't have a franchise. She's poured everything of herself into this series for years. So to keep herself on, she murdered Paul. That way they have no choice. How, ladies, how? How did she entice him to bind himself and be bound? She didn't. Maybe maybe Mary. So we talked about how Donna wouldn't have worked with Melanie. Right? Donna may have worked with Mary. No, 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 no. Donna stands to gain a lot. But if Mary has something to gain from his death, so perhaps did Melanie and her family's business. They're not in conflict, it's true. So maybe Mary had Melanie go and get him, got him bound up. Perhaps he enjoys having flings as he travels about and... You know, Mary and Melanie left him vulnerable and perhaps left saying, I need to go get something. And And while he was already bound, then Mary came to do the evil deed. And so Melanie, while she may not be have that intense guilt of the murder herself, she knows that she was an accomplice. Hmm. There's something else you should consider. I hope this doesn't throw a wrench in the the whole operation, but what if Paul was tied up after he was murdered? Certainly easier to accomplish an elaborate Shin Baruch. And it would uh, it would explain time. why he's all dressed and mm. maybe there's no sexual thing here at all, but tie him Perhaps. up as some sort of uh, red herring, as you say. Let's say that, but the the beribboned, braided rope thing. Did the murderer bring it or find it in the trailer? Got it from Scott because it would implicate Scott. Or somebody's trying from, to throw us off in every direction. Or got it from Donna. Perhaps we're not taking into consideration one thing. Maybe Buck isn't stupid. Donna came back to the trailer. At some point, she left the trailer and then found her husband dead. What if in the middle of their little romp, she left him tied only to come back, find him dead? And during that time, Melanie and Mary made their move. He was still completely dressed. Hmm. It was also only half an hour. It was not a full-on escapade. It was some sort of... A letter's interesting. I think that if, if, uh, who are we saying, Mary, Mary wanted revenge. Because she would have to reason that if, if she killed Paul, the show might die. 
But in the meantime, what in fact happened was that Heath decided to carry on with her as a solo judge. And I think that she knew that. Doing it in the middle of a peak season, they've already made this investment. The show must go on. And then if she can prove that everything went just as fine without Paul, we finished out this episode, Rosemary won at the next event, that even for a vegan dish, I mean, God forbid. Sorry, sorry. Uh, But I think that this may be her sort of showing that she is capable of carrying on. And and if she knew, I mean, perhaps the judge had had the information that she knew that Scott was going to be returning to the show. She thought that she could frame the murder at on Scott himself as a crime of a, of a, of a jaded. Yes, mother. because she's aware of all of their histories. And also something that I'm still hung up on is where all of the hives and welts around Paul's neck were coming from. It's almost as if like spraying cologne or aftershave, but he had such meticulous needs and lists that I'm sure as his co-worker for many years, she was very well acquainted with all of his eccentricities and ordering and might know how to sneak things in. Maybe among these tinctures that, um, Doris, I hope you don't start feeling itchy and hives on your tongue, uh, but maybe this could all be a great conspiracy. What do you think, Petunia? Greek. Well, she's mad at you for stealing her recipe for uh, vegan. Um, my my word, girls, these there are some very strange, disjointed flower on the face. Uh, man supposedly engaged in sexual activity, but with all of his clothes on. I mean, his fly wasn't even open. Um, tied. Tied behind his back with a a Japanese uh, sex ribbon, um, flower, mouse, chewing gum, poison hives, chewing gum, poison hives. And it's quite it's quite insoluble. A missing knife, a burned cookbook, multiple pe- multiple people, and multiple motives for who would want to do Paul in. Yeah. But again, it's just Melanie. Melanie was the one who, when you mentioned the perhaps poison tea, she looked, as you described, awfully guilty. Was it just and her, she, or was she, she an accomplice? A with for, she has a reason to want to see Paul done away with, and so it or is was it all of them? No, what if it was poison tea? And something on the flower, and something on the face. That it seems everyone had a grudge against him. I mean, for goodness' sake, the the body wasn't even cold yet, and then the producer was talking about what a massive ass he is. That you know, there's no love loss, and don't speak ill of the dead. But I'm, no one seemed have too a, broken up about it. Have a possible murder on the Orient Express. Well, that's Where everybody we, did it. Yeah, we read that years and years ago. We were under more sophisticated pieces of fiction at this point and the amount of coincidence is outrageous but it does feel like we've been handed little clues to keep us well it is true that everyone here seems to have something except noel the prankster why do you murder a man you murder a man because you don't love him anymore 
You murder a man because you're going to gain something by his death. That's you true. You murder a man because he's cheated on you with someone else. Hatred, yes. But Revenge. you're all riding on his coattails because he's the one who's making all the money. But is is he actually necessary is the question, I suppose. That's something that Mary Cherry might have asked herself. Is it, in fact, her time to shine? Fame but that doesn't explain knows. how it was done. That's the trouble. I, I'm not, after all, uh, like dear Rosemary, I'm not one to ask fantods to answer these questions for me. I'd like to know whether there was poison, whether there was a trauma, whether he had a pre-existing condition and circumstances just suggest that it was a violent death. Was he, was he asphyxiated? Was he, did he have a heart attack? Did he... Yeah, Could it have so been a, a pillow on his face, and then they flowered it, and then they tied his hands? Well, surely Dr. Stern is finished with his autopsy at this point. It's, let, let me put him on speaker. That way I, I, we can see it's what, what has been done with overlarge buttons. Hello. <laughs> yes, Howard. Howard. Howard, are you there? Um, um, I, hello, who is this? This is Zelda, dear. Have you finished the autopsy? Did you do a talk screen? Um, yes, I mean we've 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 done a done an autopsy. Yes, uh, the toxicology report. I've or the blood tests and things. I've sent that off to the lab. I haven't got the report back yet. Um, but my preliminary report tells me that um, you know he uh, he had a weak heart and he died died from some kind of heart attack probably. A heart attack, not asphyxiation, not an allergic reaction. What about the hives, dear? Well, the the hives are very very confusing, and so I'm not entirely sure what's going on with that. I'm hoping that the toxicology report will will help me with with that aspect the, of it. Could the small pill have been nitroglycerin? Oh, a heart could medication. Somebody, could it be that somebody took mm. away his? heart medication while he was having a seizure of some sort or overdosed him well that would I, that could happen too yes there's, there's many possibilities but i'm i mean at the moment i'm that's what i'm thinking he he had a heart attack what caused the heart attack it could have been natural it could have been unnatural that i'm not sure of i mean unnatural Oh, you mean unnatural? That. Do you think it was ghosts? Well, I I don't personally believe in ghosts. No. No, just just trying out all theories. Okay, thanks, love. Boop. Goodbye. Uh, oh. Doris, uh, you you were with Mister Heath when he was um, reviewing the footage with you, correct? No, I was yes. Uh, would you like to accompany me? Uh, I want to look and see if we can catch maybe a glimpse of whoever put the book in the oven. Mm, in the the book place. burner. Yes, let's go and see about the book burner. Quite. Mm. Okay. Yeah, and um, you all can go and and try to try to locate locate Heath. Um, and he's not. Yeah, he's not in the the 
where you expect to find him with the uh, the audio. He was not in the editing suite where he belongs. Yeah, he's he's not there. He did not, as requested, go to try to find. He doesn't seem to be there. You know, it's been quite a while since since he uh, went off to to look. It has been. Did, is are there uh, still employees here in the editing suite? Uh, Buck's there. Hi, Buck. Hey. Uh, when, how long ago did Heath leave? We asked him to find a a, a patch of footage for us. Uh, what he mentioned something about that. What were you looking for again? Well, uh, the, the footage. The footage during in the main baking area during the downtime. Oh, during the, oh. when the cookbook was burned after oh, the second that. round. Um. Yeah, let me see if I can find it actually. And uh, he, Buck starts rummaging around, and you know, he starts running video, and um, he's like, "I don't, I don't seem to have that, actually." Hmm. It's weird. When he was in here before you, correct? Uh, yeah, he he comes and goes. Yeah. Is it possible that he had a bit of? Uh tape or the like in his pocket when he took off he might have he might have i'm i'm not sure you know i wasn't i don't really wasn't really paying attention actually of course not how's donna doing is she getting better emotionally Um, well you know i mean yeah i mean even though they didn't have a traditional marriage i think she cared for him i'm sure they cared for each other quite a lot actually I hope uh, I hope she does well. Um, where does Heath stay when he's not on site for the shoot? Is he in a hotel nearby, or? Yeah, we all have a, a hotel over in uh, in Brindlewood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know his room number offhand? You must have to knock him up on occasion. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I know his room number. It's. Uh, Room number one hundred one hundred four. Thanks yeah, very but, much, Buck. Um, I don't think he's. I don't think he's left the set though. I think he's still oh. on set. Um, I, I, he mentioned something about going to see Mary. I don't know. Then we'll check Mary's trailer. See if we can find him there. Okay. You've been a champ, Buck. Um, We'll get uh, some of Rosemary's best to you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I heard it was real good. It was very, very good. I think she's using hemp oil. I think that's the thing. Is that what it is? Does that, does that stuff get you high? It depends. Oh. In her case, I think yes. Oh, okay. I'll have to go get me a big slice then. No explanation, because frankly, it's always dry and grainy. We'll talk later. Okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, you guys can, can go over to Mary's trailer, um, and uh, you can see that the lights are on inside. So, Hi, Mary. there. What do you do? Oh, Violet's. Yep. Violet's knocking. Knocking on the door. Yeah, and Mary will call out um, and open the door and say, yes, yes, hello, how are you? Uh, we're, we're doing quite all right. Um, 
we're looking for Heath. We were told he came your way. No, I Heath, I haven't uh I haven't seen Heath, actually. Well, not since the last round. Hmm. To be fair, it has been relatively quiet considering everything that's happened today. Is she Yes. Is she lying? <laughs> um, you can do you can do a presence roll. Oh, I'm very bad at presence. Here we oh. go. You never know. Uh, Could get that's lucky. an eight. <laughs> that's an eight. Um, yeah. Um, she kind of she's kind of hard to read on on that regard. Um, you know, Mary's kind of got a very stoic uh, front to her in a normal situation. Um, British to a fault. British to a fault. Yeah, she's she's very stoic, so she's a little bit difficult to, to kind of read. Um, so you're not real sure if she's telling a lie or if she's telling the truth or, or what's what's going on there. So it's really confusing. Mary, darling, I hope you're not going to uh, spend the entire night alone and unguarded. After all, we're fairly certain there is a murder afoot. Aren't you anxious at all? Well, I am a little bit anxious, you know, um, but it's, Paul was, unfortunately, Paul was kind of one of those individuals that, well, he treated everybody very poorly. And so it's not too surprising that he eventually got knocked off. Hmm. So, Mary, what are your plans for the future? Is this going to cancel the show? Oh, I don't think it'll cancel the show. No. Um, you know, uh, in show business, hosts die uh, quite frequently, actually, you know. Sometimes and, on camera. Well, sometimes, yes. Uh, fortunately, it wasn't caught on camera this time. Um, but uh, I feel like that, uh, that we have enough presenters and hosts that the show will be able to continue on as it, as it is actually well perhaps so perhaps you have some bright spots in the future curiously on this occasion mary something was caught on camera oh no what was that oh let's say a bit of malfeasance that a murderer thought would go hidden so i'm trying some kind of trick here obviously okay the night move, I guess, where I'm challenging someone. Oh, okay. okay. You're trying to, you're like trying to get her, like, her into giving, yeah, giving yeah. something away. Yeah. So if you yeah, fail was... this, what are you what are you afraid might might happen? Um, I mean, the obvious <laughs> outcome is profound humiliation because I've insulted somebody who's innocent. But there's probably something more at stake. Uh, maybe her accomplice will attack me. Is that inappropriate? That could be appropriate. Yeah, right. It could be appropriate. And it's a reason, I guess. Um, Check. no, that one would be presence, sensitivity, presence, presence, presence. Yeah, charm, intimidate. That's kind of that role. Fantastic. I've got a, a nine on my dice, a ten with my one presence. Nice. Oh, nice. Okay. 
Um, yeah. And um, so Mary kind of gets a little bit nervous when you, when you say that um, you, you kind of get the impression that um, you're, you've been successful with that. And she says, Oh, well, um, could, do, do you have, what kind of, what kind of evidence have you, have you uncovered? Uh, this seems oh. most serious. It's, I understand it's quite serious, but of course the inspector is the one who knows we're just baking just a, a number of ladies baking. Oh, oh, I see. But the inspector has seen something that is disturbing. Yeah. And you can see that, that she seems uh, really un upset with, with this uh, and, and seems to get really nervous and, and fidgety. It's very unlike her, her normal stoic ex exterior. It's a pity about London, isn't it? Um, well, I mean, I mean, how so? The London plan, the plan to go and see, you know, perform the show in England and have a sort of crown performance. That's all out of the books now, I imagine, with the sudden death. Oh, um, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, well, um, perhaps... Well, she, she, it's been a long day, Doris. Perhaps we should let poor Mary rest a while. Of course we should, Rosemary. You're always very sensitive to the needs of others. But yes, I'm, I, 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 I suddenly feel very tired, actually. I, I feel like I need to have a lie down. Uh, so if you don't mind. Of course, of course. Maybe we'll find Heath by the green room. That's where we found him last. I... Yeah. And and Mary will will excuse herself and and <laughs> quickly close the door. Not dear. Have... Doris, you never cease to amaze with that. I was hoping, Doris, that she that when I mentioned right things in the future that she would accidentally mention going, getting to go to see the, the queen. I hope I didn't, yeah, I, hope I, 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 I certainly hope I didn't ruin your line. But no. I, I think she really has no idea. She was just the, the one left out. So many people have so much to gain. Yes. Everybody, I'm I'm tending to go towards uh, Zelda and think every multiple people might be involved in this whole thing. Yeah, at this rate, I'm beginning to plan to murder him myself. It seems like no one loses. What I can't figure out is if How? you're going to plan a murder and you're going to frame people for the murder. How does flower on the face and time behind the back and the clothing all being on, wouldn't you actually make it look like a bloody murder? Maybe this wasn't you know. supposed to be a murder then. If he had a heart attack, maybe this was some sort of attempted comeuppance trying to 
like each person took their turns humiliating or trying to put him in his place and he ended up having a heart attack purely on accident but the get to his medication the, the... the rat mm. poisoned by the teacup well we still don't know if it was rat poison or not darling mm. the pellets were consistent with the appearance of rat poison it's no, there's a super abundance of pills very one small. last attempt to find well we, we know by petunia's presence they clearly have a rodent problem i would assume they'd have some rat poison or mouse poison kept somewhere oh, he said as much the amount of poison that you would need poisoning somebody with rat poison would never get away you'd never get away with it because the uh the forensic people know exactly what that is and well you they would know what caused it but not who did it and perhaps with the with the poison entering this his system it was enough to give his heart that much of a shock to kill him I, I wish like, I could yeah, have I a like nap that. and enjoy a small prophetic dream, but I'm just too het up. What's your, what's your tarot card say? <laughs> My tarot store is you the one with tarot, who has tarot cards? Why have tarot cards? You were asked if you had tarot cards, Rosemary. Oh, I'm yes, not surprised I do. that you did. Yes, I do have tarot cards. Uh, my yeah. tarot cards are telling me that um, we should make one final look around for Heath, and then I think we should enter the theorizing phase of our yeah. little adventure. Yes. Yeah, if you, if you wanted to find Heath, um, you can find him. Um, he's uh, in the, the main tent. Keith, have you managed to find that footage yet? Um, oh yeah, I so I looked for the footage, and um, you know, Buck, he's a good guy, but he he had recorded over it. Hmm. Why is he recording it? Oh, I guess he's the tech, the techie. Yeah, he's, Are... he's our cameraman. So, Keith, I'm sorry, dear. You're saying that between preparing for shooting the afternoon and the point at which somebody snuck into the main tent, which has several cameras in it, someone stuck a manuscript into an oven, set it alight, and all of that footage was erased by Buck before we began to shoot not, not all of it, just the bit that that would identify the, the person. So I've got footage of you know a person going in. So either in. you or Buck have destroyed that evidence. We didn't do it on purpose. We just in a hurry. Nothing happens sometimes. Do you believe any of this? I. I believe I believe mistakes happen, but it it does place you in a very awkward position. It um, does. It does. I I realize that it's it's a bit of a challenge, but 
do well, do you still Mary have... reacts to to the news that she wasn't invited to meet the queen? Oh, you know, Mary. Yeah, Mary was upset. You know, Mary's Mary's a royalist from head to toe, so she was she was upset about it. Right. So if she were to claim that she didn't know that she had not been invited, that would be rather damning. Oh, yeah. I mean, she knew about it. We all knew about it. We all got an invitation to Buckingham It's very nice paper. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's watermark it, it's on this is something else. Yeah. I mean, the seal at the top and, and everything is fantastic. I think that might have melted, but the paper is excellent. <laughs> Damn, damn, damn. Then why burn the fucking letter? Oh, excuse me. Hyacinth is Hyacinth thing. Uh, Heath, as you're the one in charge, why don't you call everyone in for a conversation about... Okay, I'll, I'll round up the, the suspects. As if, it was, if it was an Agatha Christie and you were Hercule Poirot, you would say, where all will be revealed. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm I love those movies. Love those movies. Yeah, but of course, uh, Amanda Delacourt always says, "Attention, everybody!" Before she does her reveals. Yeah. Why she burn has the letter? The... Why burn the letter? Okay. She has the charm. Unless she doesn't know about the letter, and he does, and he's lying to us about telling her. It's all very complicated. <laughs> Very why complicated. Why burn the letter? If everybody knows about the letter, why burn the letter? I miss the problem we had regarding the lighthouse and the caves. It was so much more straightforward. Mm. Okay, I remember it. Does anybody have any theories? Now, I will say that about the, the theorized portion is it's very flexible. And so you've got a lot of different clues. I've got, I think, 16 different clues that you can use. Um, and so you can, you can bend reality a little bit if you need to, to kind of make your theory work. Um, you don't have to have one suspect be the, the murderer. You can uh, have multiple uh, if you want to do it that way. So you've got a lot of, a lot of, you actually have a lot of material to work with. Yeah. Yeah, we got a lot of clues. Yeah. And you've you've actually postulated a lot of different very good possibilities. So um I think I think Mary is certainly involved. Yes. I think our two top suspects are Mary and Melody. Or not Melody. But Buck and Donna have a great deal to gain from Paul's death. Mm. Well, and perhaps, I mean, in that case, maybe Buck erased that footage intentionally. I think Mary... So, so So maybe Buck and Donna marry and Melody... 
Well, I wonder if Mary may have roped Buck and Donna in as accessories or accomplices just to help cover her tracks. It certainly seems that Mary and Melody had the most direct grudges uh, against Paul, but then the uh, Buck and Donna were both associated with the show. They had a history together, and they also would stand to benefit if perhaps they just sanded over a few edges here and there. Heath may be in on it as well. Heath certainly had no love lost. I'm sorry, Doris. No, I don't know. First of all, Melanie is a Brindlewood Bay resident, and we are a people of harmony and peace. So I'm, I, I, I'm practically certain that she had nothing to do with it. She's a fellow competitor. Perhaps that's influencing you unconsciously. It's, it, these outsiders are the, are the murderers, certainly. Well, what's influencing I, me is her reaction to hearing of the supposed rat poison by the teacup. She looked awfully guilty when that was mentioned. Yeah, she and, might and have... Doris, we, we've encountered people from Brindlewood Bay in these situations before, and they were not on the up and up. No, that was up the coast on the cove. But that involved Brindlewood Bayans, or whatever we're called. Bayesians. Bayesians. <laughs> Perhaps if... And in fact... That resident who was not on the up and up, I think, was involved with this very same Buttery Buns Bakery. Well, the Buttery Buns people have a rich and complex complex history, it's true. Now, Doris, I'm just concerned that you're not letting their buttery croissants butter your own bias. Are you sure you just don't want to give up on your favorite local fixture because their owner may have gotten, let their emotions get the best of them? Well, it is true. We all must consider our personal biases. Well, what, what the question have... is, is what the man died of? You Did he remember die? that. Yes, we don't know what, how he died. That's going to be the biggest mystery of all until you hear the pathology yes. report. This is something that you can really bend reality to fit your theory. So if you've got a Doris theory... Doris did it. Doris. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, so this, is, this would be like, well, perhaps there is an Asian that tastes very bitter Yeah, that activates with his heart medication the substance now exists because it's part of the theory <laughs> yeah it, it, it's kind of if you say it it's true kind of kind of aspect of it so so he was subject did they put it in the gum is that the trap did they put it one in, component in the maybe in the gum? maybe they they use the bittering agent in the tea to where he would have to this man he's so particular about his taste they knew this that he would have to sweeten up his mouth and so he would go for the gum. Are you talking about Zelda's awful chai business? 
I've I'm heard no, that. I'm talking Thank about. You. I'm talking about what Mary, what a, what Melanie had, in that little vial that you tasted. That a didn't bitter, seem to have anything to vial. do with bacon. What if you trained a small mouse? To murder someone. Don't involve Petunia in this. She's innocent. <laughs> how how did you gender her, Rosemary? I mean, we just did you know? Gotcha. Oh, please, mice have balls if they're male. I've never lifted up the tail. I have to admit. Um. Now we know there was a contract dispute. We know that certain people could not have put the manuscript in the oven. Mm. So we have a, an increasingly finite number of possible suspects, even though everyone wanted the son of a bitch dead. Yes. Do you remember the book... Um... This two strangers on a train. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, wondering if, I'm wondering if you could get the person who committed the murder simply came in, committed the murder, and left so that there would be no suspect of that person, while the other people were the ones that actually conspired to make it happen. What is, uh, for example... What's on the IMDb page for Suze? She seems like the person we've heard the least about. Yeah. Um, Sue is a, uh, she used to be a very successful comedian in the UK. Um, And uh, she uh, took the job as a presenter on this show uh, when her career started to kind of go on the downslide. Ladies. So seemingly the show saved her career, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's been a, a, a stable a stable income job for her. Actually. Yeah. So it doesn't seem like she would have any it doesn't seem she would like she would have any motive to to possibly put the show in jeopardy by knocking Paul off. Yeah, you get rid of Paul because he annoys you and you're a sociopath. You get rid of Paul. Deeply British. Okay, so maybe, maybe people, a small number of people committed the murder. But as everybody else, such as Heath, such as Buck, when they've come across evidence of it, they know who's done it, but they've decided to help them out because they also wanted them out of the way. And so they protecting their own, so to speak, they'll let this Scott fellow take the fall. The show must go on after all. The show must go on. If you're a bad person and you figure out who did it, blackmail Blackmail. is also a very good Mm. reason to go along with it. I think... I think the people who stand the most to gain are the most likely ones to have committed the murder. And I think that that's, I think that it's Buck and and, uh, and Paul's wife. Donna, Hyacinth, 
Does that mean that you're prepared to enter the theorizing stage? I'm I'm fully cognizant that I'm probably incorrect, but I've got so much confusing things a, that that seems I I I'd go with the status quo that it would be the wife and the boyfriend who murdered the husband to gain his inheritance and his business. Thought it was. Uh... But Melanie just her guilt to when at if, the mention of the potential poisoning. They could have gotten her to do it. If Promised I may. I believe I have an idea of what has happened here. I believe Mary found out that they were going to take her off the show whether because of budget reasons or Paul's demands, she was going to be taken off the show. Learning this, she wanted to get rid of him to try and save herself and stay on the show. During this episode, you have a rumored jilted lover of Paul and a, well, at least two people not from Brindlewood Bay, a relatively unknown variable in Melanie. So you convince Melanie to poison Paul's tea, maybe flower up his face after Mary has tied him up or tied them up after he had died. And then after that, you throw the cookbook into the fire, make it look like it was Scott the whole time, a jilted crime of passion. Afterwards, Heath and Buck see the footage of her throwing it into the fire, and they decide to cover it up because I believe they, they don't want the show to end. This is how they're getting their money. So they're going to try and cover up the murder because it will keep the show on the air. Or blackmail them. Exactly. Either way, they win. I do believe our main culprit is Mary, and everyone else except Scott is an accessory to the crime. Good question would be is who set this up? Who set up the whole show so that the right people would be here in the right place at the right time? Would that be um, Sue? Um, no, it would be Heath as the producer. Heath. It would be Heath would as the be producer. Heath. Heath as the producer. So, and I also, I just had a, a bit of an epiphany for something I've been fixating on. Is I, I kept thinking about the, the rashes, the hives around his neck, and but after hearing that he died of a heart attack and not asthma or some sort of uh, airway constriction, Noel has always been the prankster. What if Noel could have just dusted something irritant under Paul's shirt to try and pull some prank on him? Yes, and it I could have... even go ahead. Yes, yes, Zelda. I think you. I think. I think that we've I seen think, a murder with accidents. He, he, Noel set up a prank 
with this flour and this itching powder. Unbeknownst to Noel, his the tea in the room has been has been had this bitter agent added to it. So that he will go and try to remove the flavor with the contaminated gum with what will trigger the heart attack with his medication. But he he goes into his room, he gets the flower on his face and the itching powder, and he's frustrated by that. Um, but he doesn't clean himself up. He has his drink of his tea first to try to calm down. He fumbles, he dies. They go in and quickly do the tying of his wrist to try to flame to try to frame Scott. That explains the flower on the face and the hives oh, yeah. that were caused benignly by by the prankster. So and he was still GM. trying to do Yeah, I I do uh, believe GM. we have ourselves a complete theory here. Clarification, yeah. Does it it, it says here that we do the theorize as long as we've gotten at least half of the correct clues, correct? Oh yeah, you've got, we've got way, more, yeah. lots okay. of you've got well, lots of clues. Yeah. So we we roll we roll two dice. We add the number of clues we use, subtract the mystery's complexity. And if we rolled high enough, then our theory is actually correct. Like we've yeah. come up with the right solution to the mystery. Yeah. So who would like to roll? Yeah, I have you at um eight clues. Nice. All right. We recovered so, quite a lot of material. We're just very uncertain about how to connect it. Yeah. So we roll I, the dice and then it's eight plus eight. It would be uh 2d6 plus one. Plus eight minus seven. Yeah. Ah. Is you know the complexity and the and the clue ratio. Right. Yeah. Okay. So who wants to do the, the what's role? the theory? I think is the, the, it's the a theory. Final theory is the okay. one who rolls. I don't believe that Buck or Donna are involved, for example. Yes, I don't I don't I don't believe they are either. I think that Except there's the bunk erased. Buck or, or Heath. Heath could have erased it. That's true. Because Buck said Buck was confused that the tape was not there. And then he right. said, Oh yeah, I found it, and it just happened to be erased for these 10 seconds. So yeah. So here we go. Noel sets up his prank. Mm -hmm. The hives, the flower, unrelated to the murder. Right. Just a he powder in his shirt for laughs. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally unrelated to the murder. Yes. Good. So he's he's the prankster. So that has flower on the do door for okay. laughs. Two for clues laughs. taken care of. Okay. Yes. So Rosemary's making sense, Zelda. I think <laughs> we should all take some more zinc just to cover. I think we had too much of that. Okay. Marijuana. So pie. Heath, Heath, and Mary have been having repeated arguments with Paul, and they both decide he has to go. So. They decide how do we get how can we get rid of him and get off Scott free? So they invite Scott back on the show because of the rumors circulating about him. Perfect. Yes. 
They may even have suggested to him that, hey, you know, if you impress him with your baking, he remembers you. He talks about you still. Perhaps they even said he still has feelings for you because they're so heartless. And then they followed up, is it working perhaps later to to stir things Brilliant. Good. further? So they lure Scott here with that intention. As a they, person. however, are still intelligent enough to be, they don't want to be the ones who actually deliver the final blow, so to speak. So they get struggling local business owner, Melanie, to to smuggle in something for them, this bitter agent, to deliver the poison in the tea. We have to leave Melanie out. What if Melanie Melanie... didn't know what she was pouring? All of her bottles were unlabeled anyways. They could have just... That's why when you told her about the poison, she suddenly realized that she was involved. Mm -hmm. Yes. They must have tricked Melanie into poisoning Paul. That's how they got away with it. And so the poison itself was bitter. And before it killed him, that's why he took the gum. The gum was not poisoned, but he was just trying to counteract that bitterness in his tea, not realizing what it was. And And Melanie Melanie watched him have a heart attack. That's why there was the struggle. She had flour on her hands and sat down for tea, and she panicked whenever he started overreacting, put in gum, and tried to do something and touched his face sloppily. That explains why it looks like there were handprints and just things might have been lightly brushed on his face. And then Melody panicked and ran. And, and then, then and the Mary Japanese came in. And then, see this, so this is where they're trying to frame, trying to blame Scott. Scott. They go back into the trailer. Mary does. She binds his hands. She takes the cookbook. And the letter that would be incriminating, give, like the letter that reveals her motive. And she burns those in Scott's oven, again, trying to frame trying to frame Scott. And Heath, knowing this, he knew what the footage was. He gave those tapes to Buck to film with. So then when Swap they got filmed out. over, it was mm. an accident. He couldn't just destroy the tapes but he this have buck filmed over the footage accidentally film over them that is my theory that's pretty brilliant that is a story this is the first time in the 12 years i've known you that you've made sense more than 30 consecutive seconds well and done you didn't need any aura mumbo jumbo and we should all consider eating some of that marijuana pie i agree with that repeat of the theory, I have you uh, including a lot more clues. And so it would be 2d6 plus 5, actually. Ooh, that's There you go, Rosemary. Go. go, Rosemary. Yeah, put that together. A roll to 7 plus 5 is 12. Nice. You were absolutely correct. <laughs> you were absolutely Ooh. correct. We did it. <sighs> I knew the gay boy wasn't uh, guilty. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And uh, Inspector Dimple is incredibly 
appreciative of all your work. <laughs> and um, he arrests uh, all the, the persons who should be arrested. Um, and uh, even those who are uh, guilty of conspiracy. Yeah, I'm sad about okay. Melanie. Oh. Yeah. If I, I love those buttery buns. As Rosemary is unveiling this grand theory in front of everyone all lined up, where instead of contestants sitting on the little stools waiting the judges, it's the table, the turns have tabled. And so Rosemary lays out this grand master plan as Mary gets this fiery glint in her eye and raises this chef's knife out of nowhere, screaming until she sees Petunia pop out of her pocket <laughs> and go, Eep! and then Mary panics and goes, ah! and falls back onto herself, knocking herself unconscious against the stool <laughs> as the knife goes flying. Love yeah. it. You love it. Thank you, Petunia. You saved my life. Petunia saves your life. And uh, yeah. And of course, Inspector Dimple, you read in the paper the next day, he takes credit for everything. Uh, he is brilliant. He is wonderful. Uh, oh, yeah. Dimple. You can't and, win them all. Yeah. Now we know why Dora sets Dimple up to be bait most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so um, that brings us to the conclusion, the credits roll, and uh, we are done. So thank you very much for playing. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, that was great. Yes, that was well done, wonderful. everyone. Yes. Do you, do you all have any questions about anything? Delightful. No, it's just it's a very interesting system that's different from a lot of Call of Cthulhu stuff where there just yeah. may be some plots here and there and then you piece out the one linear thing. But with it yeah. essentially just throwing a clusterfuck at you yeah. and then saying, OK, make your own theory. It, it was really a different kind of thinking to it because it just it could have been anything. Yeah, I, I really just an tried to. I tried to implicate as many characters as possible, but no, there is, there is no, uh, the, 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 the scenario does not describe who is responsible. Very interesting. So we get to always get it right in the end. Our whole or I mean, if you, if you roll, if well. you roll, you well, fail, you get it wrong. <laughs> recall that we did not quite solve everything in Providence. Yeah. There were some mysteries that escaped That's us true. because we 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 rolled under a little bit. For those listening, we played at Necronomicon. That was our first experience with Julian yeah. running a game. So you don't know what we're referencing. <laughs> and neither do and, I. And you never will. And we were more restrained in this context than we were in that hotel room. Yes. Indeed. Just yeah. just because different you know we're not in a room it feels different is that where doris found the marijuana cake oh trust me dear if you if you want some marijuana you just you just come over to you just come over to my this also was quite different and the rosemary was useful last time we all met <laughs> wow a blithering idiot throughout <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, that's you right had, you had all the crystals i had in the I, last yes. one mm. last, the last time but i didn't bring any with me for the cooking show but uh, you should have should have brought your crystals and ground them up and put it into the cakes and things <laughs>
Our players included Morgan Llewellyn, David Gasway, Lex Hurley, Connor McLean, and myself with Julian Arba as Keeper of the Secrets. We have a Discord server where you can chat with our other members. You can set up private games. You can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. We provide audio-only versions of our shows, free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of Brendlewood Bay role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. It's a beautiful day in Brindlewood Bay. The murder mavens are on the case. Solve the mysteries with serving up cake. And it's a beautiful day in Brindlewood Bay. It's a beautiful day in Brindlewood Bay.